Charlemagne, oh, show some understanding. M. Night Charlemagne, oh, don't be reprimanding. Cause you know that I know that you know that I know who you are. And you know that I know that you know I wanna be a star. Oh baby, let your hair down And night Shalimar When you are filming in my town Cause you know that I know That you know that I know who you are And you know that I know That you know I wanna be a star And I'll give them all to you. I'm And I'm Josh Alvarez, and you are listening to episode 50 of Cinepunks. Episode 50. Now, this may feel a little weird because we haven't done it in a while. Yo, I mean, I feel like I hate, I kind of hate the way that happens sometimes where you shows start with... Oh, we're so sorry, whatever. But we last put out an episode, episode 49, which was a great episode, I thought. The interview with uh, the people who did the New Breed doc. That was April 13th. April 13th is so long ago. And you guys got to know, we're not sitting here going, "Uh, yeah, we can hold off for over a month. Fuck it. Who cares? (laughs) No. That's fine. That's not. not. We just lost track of the time. If If you go to the Cinepunks website right now. It looks like we're just loud fast Philly. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And and that's and you know, the first person I'll say a lot of people ask me about it. The first person who asked me about it was actually Joseph Gervasi. So it's yeah. not like he's sitting there being like, That's right, loud fast Philly, <laughs> conquering everything. He was like, you know, it's been a while since there's been a sit box. And literally when he said it, I was like, Yeah, it's been a little bit, I guess a couple couple yeah, like weeks. What, two, three hours? What? Three three weeks. Two, two three hours, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a couple and it's been over a month. Yeah. Well over. We're approaching two months. To be fair, to be fair, we have been busy as shit. No, 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 totally. And and, and I want to get to how busy we are, but I do want to uh, I want to apologize for that and I want to say I want to give I want to give the first explanation because I think we've been busy and I want to talk about some things we've been busy with. But the first thing that we just were discussing is this. Even going into this episode, we thought this was going to be 51. Right. And the reason even though we haven't done 50 yet, is because we wanted 50 to be big. We wanted to be a party. And we've had three or four ideas. Some of them were, I mean, I don't want to actually spoil any of them for you. Because we still may do them. We're still going to do those episodes, but we were like, this will be episode 50. No, this will be episode 50. And it became such a thing, and I think this happens to a lot of people. You have this thing where you're like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be this. It's going to be so big. It's going to be so awesome. And sometimes you just got to fucking do it. You just got to... Just suck it up and do what you're going to do. So today so, is not going to be a special. 50th this is not going to be the special fiftieth episode of Cinepunks. Damn fucking good episode, though. Arguably, every episode is special. They all mean something. <laughs> they all mean something to me. You know what I mean? Plus, we'll celebrate episode 100. That'll be the milestone one. <laughs> so we got 50 more to go. That's true. That's true. So, um, but yes, welcome back. To, to you, Liam. I'm happy to see you again. Yeah. Behind the microphone. I mean, we've definitely been hanging out, so it's not like we haven't um, yeah. been spending time. Uh, but, you know, we've been busy. I don't know if you guys know, but just this past weekend, I got married. Marriage. That was a thing. 
Uh huh. So, so talk me through this, Liam. Like, you're already married. Yeah. So, you guys may or may not. I think we talked about this a little bit, but let me fill you in for those people who don't who know don't about know. this. Basically, uh, long story short, Obamacare was not a thing. Right. Right. You know, it took a little bit for it to kick in. Mm. And I have type 1 diabetes. Right. And the way the system used to be is if you go too long without health care, when you try to get health care again, your health care could at that time straight up be like, yo. You haven't been around. You haven't you haven't been covered this whole time you've been sick, so we don't have to cover you anymore. Like, right. we're, we're out. We don't, we're not going to cover you. And so, obviously, that's not a situation that I wanted in my life. Um, so, when me and Suze moved in together, we also got married. And right. And... Uh, that was part of And you just did like a justice of the peace, like city hall. Well, no, John. no, no, no. So this is what you got to keep in mind. Pennsylvania is a Quaker state. Oh, you had a Quaker, John. Yeah. Quakers don't believe in hierarchy of any kind. So in Pennsylvania, if you pay five more dollars for your uh-huh. wedding license, right. you just fill it out. You don't need an officiant. Nobody needs to be there. You're just married. You just put your name and some other people put their names to prove that you exist. Uh-huh. And then that's it. You're married. Nice. So that's what we did. I mean, granted... Our parents couldn't leave. So romantic. Well, our parents couldn't leave well enough alone, so they made it a thing. Like, we were just going to fill this thing out. And her parents, like, came out for it. Like, they, like... For the signing. They traveled out. So we had to make it a thing. For those you don't know, Liam's wife's family comes from Chicago, like, Chicago area. Bloomington, Illinois. Bloomington, Illinois. So it's not exactly Chicago. They Sometimes people say Chicago, but they're from Bloomington. Right. But, uh, uh, But, I mean... Her sister and, and my brother-in-law, um, my sister and brother-in-law, I guess you say that, they live in Chicago, and um, some of her family lives in Chicago, but right. her parents are in Bloomington, so they came out here, and my parents made an appearance, obviously, and we had a nice picnic, and oh, then afterwards cool. we went and saw uh, my neighbor Tortoro at the oh. International House, so that's a, a special movie, Studio Ghibli. special film to us. So yeah, but we when we did that, the plan was okay. Well, sometime in the next six months, we'll have an actual wedding, but we right. need to do this now for the healthcare and whatever else. Well, you know what? Um, that was like basically three years ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost, not exactly three years, but almost almost three years ago. Look at Josh oh, pulling man, out I'm the cord. Don't Sorry. pull that My was bad, the, y'all. that was the cord for the whole thing. That's the good one. That's, That's the, the whole John. All right, we're back. So. Um, yeah, so we finally got to it. Uh, it took a year, not quite a year, almost a year of planning, getting things in order, and we really did it like a DIY wedding, so it was a lot of work. Yeah. So that took some time. Then also, my boy Josh here planned a killer bachelor party for <laughs> me. And that was awesome. That, <laughs> that took some time. Really fun. And like we really said, like, okay, we're obviously, we're going to record in this date. Okay, that didn't work out. We'll, we'll wait till after the bachelor party. Yeah. Okay, well, now we'll wait till this, wait till that. And here it is, the week after the wedding. And it's like, oh man, I guess we should finally record. And I and oh man, who knew who, so who knew it would be so long? To be let, let's also say the bachelor party, super duper crazy, but super fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh and it was like not at all like traditional bachelor party. We didn't get no. like wasted and like, you know. Here's 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 let me just put this out there. I mean, besides the fact that I don't drink, so right. that's already a thing. But I've been to crazy bachelor parties where there wasn't drinking. Um I'm also not stoked on uh you know, nudie bars. That's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. The 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 fine art of stripping is not a thing. I'm right. Not a thing on. for Liam. And it's not. It's not like. I mean, if I'm if I'm being honest about it, it's 
it just feels like an awkward situation to me. Right. And it is. And yeah. it is. There's and, nothing normal about it. And, and if it is normal, you're fucking up. Yeah. But here's the thing. So for every batch, I've been to a lot of bachelor parties that are like wild, naked people everywhere. See, like I've that never kind of, been to a bachelor party like that ever. Dude, and that's the thing. So I was like, I'm going to put together a bachelor party for Liam, even though not the best man or nothing, because Liam's my boy. Right? Yeah, I didn't have a wedding party, and Josh just decided like he was going to do it. So I yeah. really appreciated that. Because Well, I mean, just because I thought that it, it was fitting, right? So then I was like, well, you know, every bachelor party I've ever been to has been at this nudie bar with this bar and like everyone drunk and like fighting and like all types of main like maniac shit, right? But this one I was like, oh, we'll just do it scaled to Liam's likes, like to what you liked, which is why we did the pub for dinner and then Amalgam graciously opened their doors to us and closed like an hour early so that we could screen a movie there. And then we went to a Prince tribute by Ms. Martha Graham Cracker. Who is the Philadelphia premier drag queen? One of She's our favorites. Amazing. And um, so we did all that, and I was like, "Yeah, man, wasn't this like an awesome and unique like bachelor party?" And you were like, "This is like every bachelor party I've ever been to. Like, I've never been to a nudie bar." <laughs> like, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so like, let's dude. be clear. It's not like everyone I've ever been to. It's it's like everyone I've ever been to. In that, it's not a traditional bachelor party. But I've never been to a bachelor party exactly like that at all. Like that right. was unique in every way. Those things were unique. I mean, a lot. Of, to be fair, a lot of the bachelor parties I've been to were still booze parties. Right. I've you only, just I've never... only been to like two straight edge bachelor parties, and both of them were kind of like meh. Like they were just <laughs> they were fine. So mine was way better than that. I felt like right, right. But right, as far right. as like oh, we're not gonna go to the nudie bar. I've n- no. First of all, I've never been to a nudie bar. Really? And I've never, ever had anyone be like, we're going to do bachelor party, and of course there'll be uh, strippers there. That's never happened. Even like, I've been to <sighs> one, I went to one wild ass uh, uh, bachelor party that was for uh, a friend who's gay. And I thought, oh, like he's, this this friend is a wild dude, so he might have like a male stripper. And honestly, I was, I was, even though the whole issue with me and strippers is not that I'm against nudity, like nudity is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's that I, I, I'm not really stoked on the idea of like we're all just going to be turned on together for no reason. Like that just seems weird <laughs> See, to me. It is weird again. So I thought, well, with the it's still awkward for me with the with the male stripper, but at least I won't be turned on. So maybe it's awkward for everyone else. But I'm like, <laughs> oh look, it's a guy dancing. That's pretty cool. But it wasn't that either. Like I've never I've never seen a stripper IRL. Right, Obviously, right, movies, right, right. you know, lots of virtual boobies <laughs> um, or naked people in general, you know, not uh-huh. to be gendered. Um, but like as far as like someone saying, I'm going to have an event and at this event, a person's going to take their clothes off to music. Now, right. I've, I've seen burlesque a lot just yeah. at shows and stuff like I like it's just happened and that's fine. And, and again, nothing about that is not awkward to you, though. Well. This is my bias. It's a little awkward, but usually for a different reason because uh, all the burlesque I've seen tends to be pretty amateur. Uh So it's more awkward in the sense of like someone's trying to figure themselves out. Right, right. And that I find endearing a little bit. Like they're, this is their art and they're trying to figure it out. Right. And if someone next to me is like got a raging boner and they're like kind of rubbing themselves a little bit, I wouldn't notice. Like I wasn't paying attention to that. And maybe that would be the case at a nudie bar. Yeah, your perception of nudie bars is definitely funny. I'm just saying, man. Yo, I mean, like, here, I'm no expert, but I've definitely been. Here's the thing: to, it may be all, it may be awesome. I might be missing out, but I've never been in a situation where I thought, you know what, guys, <laughs> let's we're all do hanging this. Out here, even if I went by myself, like I'm just going to go. No, myself. you never go 
go by yourself. That, that just shit seems, is even weirder. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I guess I've never been with a group of dudes that were really like, <laughs> yo, this sounds like a fun thing. I mean, I granted, I'm being a little biased here. You could be with a group of ladies who are just like, we're all going to go to the nudie bar, male or female, and we're just going to go enjoy that. And uh-huh. so I'm not saying like this is only like a dude macho activity at all. But right. again, no one I've ever been hanging out with has ever said, this sounds like a good use of our time and money. Right. This is part of it too. Like, Let's say I'm there and I'm like, okay, you know what? I really do want to see some nudity. Right. Now I got to start throwing money around to get someone to be nude around me. Like anyone who's ever been naked around me in any form. <laughs> Has always You've chosen known their name at least, and they've, they've chosen to throw do that. money at them. And it was either a they were using their nudity as a weapon, as dudes tend to do. Like, here's my butt. Oh look, I pulled a ball nudity out. Nudity as a weapon, or I was going to be, or I was going to be like romantic with them, and they were right. getting nude. I've never been nude around someone as a form of entertainment, other than burlesque, and even then, burlesque. Something about it doesn't feel that way to me and again that's just my bias like i'm sure there are people who watch burlesque and who are like this is the sexiest fucking thing i've ever seen but that's just not me that's not who i am fair enough which is why your bachelor party was what it was well <laughs> and and i i think you're being too modest because you're saying it like and therefore i get it it's not as badass my bachelor no, whatever no, I you definitely did, did not let's say, it was say not you went badass. to some strip club and some crazy shit happened and it was like you're on entourage my shit was better in fact <laughs> if you did that i judge you a little bit i'm just putting that out there because entourage, entourage sucks, entourage sucks and, and you kind of suck so i'm just saying that. well no no I'm i not feel saying a little that. bad about that actually you don't suck you might be a nice guy i just i i don't like that that's not Your my choices are, are vexing to Liam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that. Okay, let's. So it's been a while. So wait, wait, wait. No, let's move on to the wedding. We're not done with the wedding. Are you going to want to talk about the wedding? Yeah, too? I wanted to give a shout out to your eyebrows. Oh my god. Yo, your eyebrows are so fly, dog. Like, did you like? So Liam shows up at this wedding and he's got this blue suit on. It's a nice suit with the brown shoes, which is something that I've been asking all my coworkers and friends about. Like, is that a cool thing to do? Is that okay? Because I've always just worn a black suit. Because you know, dude. I had no idea, dude. Blue it's like a thing. Did they, did they all set you right? Were they Everybody like, was just like, yeah, no, no, that's the shit. And I was like, cool. It's and May. Then, no, you got to go by the month. It's May. Uh-huh. If you, uh, let me just put this out there. If you are in a wedding. Right. If you go to a wedding, you wear what you got to wear or whatever. If you're in a wedding, so you're already spending money. Uh-huh. And it's May. And you're wearing a fucking black suit. Literally, fuck you. Yeah, like no. I showed up at your wedding in a black suit in May. No, no, no. You were coming to my wedding. Like, oh, if you're like me, in if, the wedding, if you're doing the you're, wedding, when you're in a you're wedding, you're already spending money. You're right. whether even if you're only a get, you're in some way money is being spent. Uh-huh. So you should go for night. Like that's what I, my thing with the suit was. Like if you if let's say you and Milani were having a bigger ceremony, you invited me. Uh huh. Unless I was flush, I wouldn't buy a new suit. I'd be like, I'm going to wear my suit. I'll buy maybe a new shirt or a new tie. But I'm right. certainly not going to buy a new suit. I don't have money for that. But this is my wedding. I'm already spending money. Like The, wedding, the wedding budget money paid for the suit. I didn't reach into my own pocket. Right, right, This was right, money right. that was already going to be spent on the wedding. And I'm like, well, part of this money is going to pay for my suit. And it's going to be nice. And it's May, so I don't want to wear a black suit. And so I said to the guy at Nordstrom's, <laughs> I was feeling like a blue because blue is the color. The colors of the wedding were blue and Kelly green. Yeah. It's like maybe like a blue suit. And he's like, I got you. Pulled out the seat. He's like, this is, this is called New Blue. New Blue. New Blue. Holy shit. And then he's like, of course, you're going to do brown shoes, right? And I was like, motherfucker, you right? I'm going to do brown course. shoes. Of course. Like, that's literally what, what everybody li- knows. No, literally what he said was, try not to wear socks that are too busy. It'll draw away from the suit. Whoa. And I'm looking at this guy going, I don't own busy socks. <laughs> I don't, they're not in my possession. <laughs> He's like, but but wear socks because I think it'll be a little hot to go sockless. And I'm looking at this guy going, how do you, 
how do you see in my soul right now? Because I was he just knows. thinking, he knew can everything. I wear these shoes without socks? And I'm like, no, 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 they're too nice. Man, so good. I, I don't feel bad about the new suit. I feel a little bad about the shoes. I bought new shoes as well, and the shoes were pricey. but They look good, though. The, the feeling was that these shoes, you know, the suit will last past the wedding, but it's not like a regular thing. Yeah. I might need to wear these shoes. I don't have, all my nice shoes are old and right. raggedy. So I bought a serious pair of nice shoes. Like, they are oh. expensive. Expensive. Nice. For me, I'm sure someone out there spends way more than this. Yeah. I have friends who are like, yo, you buy one pair of expensive jeans and then they're just your jeans and you yeah, forever until they fall yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not who I am. I'm no. a cheap motherfucker. But yeah. I had this money for the wedding. That's what I'm going to spend it on. So I got nice shoes, nice suit. So I had Susan that. looked beautiful as shit, too. Oh, her dress was beautiful. She looked she like vintage like gorgeous, just so. Unbelievable. Yeah. And was... big ups. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but uh, my friend Stephen Welch's uh, partner, Emily. Emily Costello, is a stylist. And her place where she's like, I think she's one of the head stylists there. Yeah. Um, they took care of Susan, her whole, my mom, her no mom, way. her sisters. They all went to this place. That was where they did the like wedding thing. Wow. And they were awesome. I don't think emily was even involved she just hooked Sue's up like you should come here and do this um and that was amazing and they, by the way steven and emily were at the wedding they both looked beautiful of course unbelievable yeah that, that's you know they're duh. beautiful course, people that's of just course they did genetic wonderment right yeah, there. yeah 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 totally totally dude it was hot as balls in your wedding so just a quick run through like Ceremony was cool. Karen wore. Sir, yeah, good Karen friend. was she awesome. Did it. Jack, our friend of the podcast, Jackie Sedicario, read. My old friend, Kat, uh, read. And then our man, Jesse, played the piano. Jesse played the piano. Jesse Deal, a friend of the show, played the piano. And um, my good friend, Israel Durham, who. Uh, he sounded amazing, by He the way. sang. He's not even a singer. Like, dude's getting his PhD in English literature. or I don't even think it's English. I think it's like critical theory. But anyways, he's amazing. He's at uh, Duke. If you care about academics, you'll <laughs> be reading his shit soon because he's brilliant. Nice. But his voice was beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah, he sounded amazing. Then the reception was around the corner. And there's a lot of people. So this is why I didn't want to get in a wedding because you know from my Facebook. If anyone's friends with me on Facebook, all I've been doing is like freaking out. Twitter, too. Yeah. Thanking people. Like, we got the hookups a lot. So It was awesome. Spot Burger, Sweet Box, Poi Dog. I brought up the heat in the, in the church because okay. I brought a fan. Oh right, with a water pump on it that you spray oh, the pump, you spray the pump, and then oh. the fan blows it into your face. Right, that was the fucking. So I brought that, John, because you said that the air conditioning was going to be broken, right? Yeah. And the line is like, "You look like an idiot carrying that thing around." You were and right. I was no, like, you were right to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I knew that I looked like an idiot, so I accepted it. But then when I got there, Sean Benesign gave me the biggest hug. He's like, "You're a fucking genius." <laughs> <laughs> spraying each other in the face with my fan water. No, Dude, I, it was right. That was the it right was one move. of the weird moments where I'm like, I am a fucking god. This is the smartest thing I've ever done in my entire life. So I don't want to go too much on it, but a lot of good friends were at the wedding. Some people came to the ceremony that didn't come to the reception. A lot of people were there who had a good time. Everyone was in good spirits. There was a bit of an issue. I don't want to get into the whole story, but basically there was a fire alarm. We were all outside, and then Josh... Uh, from Spot Burger had to rearrange how he was going to cook shit because the kitchen didn't work and that was all fucked up. And then um, there was a huge delay for him to get all the food done. It, it could have been a disaster. Like literally on paper, my wedding was like on the verge of disaster. But it never was because everybody was in a good mood. Everyone had a good time. And I just, I love you all for that. And I, I could literally spend the rest of the show just gushing about everyone and everything. That right. We're not going to do that. But I will so. say, the two things that I want to say as an attendee. Number one, I apologize to everybody for how drunk I got. It was awesome. <laughs> number two. I love 
that you got drunk, not at the wedding. You left. I went. And came back and was drunk. Oh man, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, in addition to that, I would also like to say that we ended up grilling in the cemetery. Yep. And if your wedding didn't have a barbecue grill with burgers, veggie, and naan in a cemetery, yep. your wedding definitely pales by comparison. It was. I mean, I'm going to straight up say it. My wedding is the best wedding I've ever been to, and that's that's. Yeah. Those, I've been to a lot of weddings, and a lot of them were. Well, some of them were shitty, but a lot of them were actually really great. Right. My wedding was the best wedding I've ever been to in my life. The only wedding I ever went to that was better than that one was mine. Well, there you (laughs) go. Because, you know. To be fair, yours was in Hawaii. I released doves. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying, not pissing contest, just letting you know. I I enjoyed mine more. So it's been. But, dude. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Keep going. It's been a long time. And yeah, I don't want to hold us up too much with this. May thirteenth was what you said, right? April thirteenth. April thirteenth. April. That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. So <sighs> we never even said thank you for X Fest. We went to X Fest. We're we're gonna try to get to it later because Josh has some issues with the content of X Fest. Right. But as an event in itself, we sold T-shirts. We sold T-shirts. We gave out barf bags. Dude. People showed us love. Like we got a lot of people talking to us. It was a good time. It was really really fun. So we, we had an awesome time. That's just a huge thank you to Exhumed and Joseph, of course, who yep. is again our angel. Yep, we love Joseph. I mean, we love all the Exhumed. Yeah, Dan bros and, and peoples and, and Harry, everybody. Yeah, everyone's really cool to us there, and it was really super sick. I do want to say. We still have some barf bags. We do. We, we still made have a big some t-shirts, deal. too. So we made a big deal out of, you're only going to get the barf bag at X-Fest. And that was partly to encourage people to come and buy a t-shirt and partly in support of X-Fest that people would get tickets to X-Fest. And so X-Fest sold out. So I feel mm. like we did our part in that. But we do still have <laughs> barf bags. So yeah, we did. We 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 used the Cinepunks machine to make sure people came out yeah. to X Fest. I'm sure we drew a whole three, <laughs> three to four people out to X Fest. I actually don't think X Fest sold out. No, it didn't sell out. Mm. Oh, so fuck you guys. You should have. You should have sold out X Fest. That was that was a good time though. It was fun. No, it was good. Big but, up to but, our boy Evan for sitting at the table too. Yeah, Evan, back. Evan hung out. I just want to say if you uh, will go online and order, we still have all the shirts available. We can print more shirts if something sold out, and we'll if send you, you barf bags. We'll put with a barf. Order. We'll put a barf bag in, um, and maybe we'll set up at something soon and have barf bags. I just we don't have any plans to set up anytime soon, so I don't want to say like come out to this, come out to that. So there's that. I also want to say. Um, uh, after X-Fest, but before we recorded, was the Empire Pictures event. Oh, yeah. You went to that. That was great. There was a gentleman there. Oh, what's his first name? So that's name is Paoli, which I found really interesting. But you can look him up on IMDb. I meant to write mm. this down in our notes. But he was a screenwriter for Reanimator and oh, for, yeah, From yeah, Beyond. Yeah, yeah. He was there to talk about that experience, and that was great. You there posted was, some videos to the Cinepunks uh, I did. Instagram. I did. And there was also a guy there who's directing a documentary about Empire Pictures. Nice. Uh, I believe it's called Celluloid Wizards in the Video Wasteland. Wow. Um, I highly wow. recommend the documentary. Um uh, I tried to recommend it for some things coming up, um, but I don't know if you. I don't know when it's going to be out. Basically, the guy wasn't clear about when it was going to be finished. So maybe you'll see it at an event soon. Maybe you won't. What I, did you think of know. the event, though? Did you enjoy the movies? Yeah, I mean, have uh, you seen them all? Going the only in? movie that played. There were two movies that played I'd never seen. One the Eliminators, was the Eliminators and, and the other one was Crawl Space. Right. So I caught most of Reanimator, which seeing it in film is always great. Yeah. It's uh, still one of my favorite movies. The Eliminators is a terrible movie, but in a really fun way. So that's like right up my alley. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, when it, in the, we sh- basically what he did was show a brief clip from his documentary about Empire Pictures. And the clip he showed was from 
the section of the movie that deals with the Eliminators. And the guy behind Empire Pictures was like, I was really inspired by the Avengers. Now, of course, now you say that there's an Avengers movie. But you got to yeah. remember in the 80s, it was people the were like, they will never, no, 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 no. Oh, not the, the British Avengers, Avengers like actual comic yes, book Avengers. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. I've never seen the Eliminators, so I don't no, even no, no, know. No, 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 but I'm trying to tell you the story, and then right. you jump in with the British thing. I did, the, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. Somewhat this of an is, anglophile, but go on. No, 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 but this is what I'm trying to say. I have Morrissey tattoos, but, motherfucker. Oh, I don't care. This is this is why it's funny, though, because now if I say that, everyone's like, oh, well, a better version of the Avengers was the Avengers movie. Yeah. But you got to remember in the 80s, if you had said, I'm going to make an Avengers movie and your name wasn't Roger Corman. Everyone was going to laugh even, at you. Even when your name was Roger Corman, because he tried to make comic book movies and people were like, that's never going to work. Yeah. It's the same thing. So like the Eliminators was basically this guy saying what, what he liked about the Avengers was not just specifically the Avengers as heroes, but the idea of a group of people drawn together for a purpose to accomplish a mission. So that's what a sort of influence the Eliminators. Now, is the Eliminators that? No. It is that to the extent that it's random. I mean, there's, okay, let's think about the the team that comes together. There's literally this like uh, man, a, a cyborg, but instead of using the word cyborg, which is already a word, they call him mandroid. Mandroid. So there's mandroid. There's random woman scientist. There's riverette guy, which, by the way, they're in Mexico, and everyone on this river feels like they're from New Orleans. Doesn't make any sense. Then there's ninja guy. Why? Well, there's a Japanese scientist, so of course his son would be a magical ninja. Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he be? When they get there, there's there's Roman soldiers, there's cavemen, there's time travel, lightning bolts. It's literally like all comic book shit. It's just... It's not superheroes, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. in a way, the Eliminators has more comic bookiness to it mm-hmm. than the current Marvel movies because the current Marvel movies try to like add an element of like non comic book, maybe not it. realism, but something more down to earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Eliminators was like, let's just try to do this crazy ass thing and mostly fail, but it's still fun. Then Crawl Space is a uh, Klaus Kinski movie, right? In which he's a fucked up nazi guy who has an apartment building and he crawls around in the vents staring at all his people and then occasionally murdering people right. because he's obsessed with nazis because his father was a nazi or something it's like crazy movie but it's really cool i really liked it <laughs> and then i watched um some of from beyond and then i just had to go i had yeah. stuff to do so i had to jet out which i feel really bad about but it was a great event it's a fun time um I didn't write it up. I was thinking about writing it up for the site, but I was thinking about doing a lot of things before the wedding. And yeah, the, the yeah, wedding. wedding. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Totally cool. But I just wanted to say we also got a lot of love there. I want to say what up to, um, there's a group of dudes from Delaware who, uh, I'm friends with some of them on Facebook now, but they always give Cinepunks love. I got to say, the one dude said he preferred horror business, which Justin Lore was really stoked about. Good but for I think, Justin. I think, uh, I think he said part of that, though, is because we talk a lot about hardcore, and I thought this dude was like into hardcore. He's like, eh. <laughs> He's like, I like a couple bands, but you guys like talk a lot about it. I was like, right, oh, right, fuck. right. So I, I mean, this is sort of the line. Well, I'm sure our hardcore friends are like, you talk too much about movies, man. Yeah, like, yeah all it's the movie friends movie. like you don't talk enough about movie, movies. It's movie podcast, but it's also <laughs> hardcore podcast. So fuck you. You know, we're doing the best we can here. We're, we're walking a thin line. Anyways, but I, I didn't say that to mess with that dude. I just said to be good. And then uh, those are the nerds of nostalgia. Yeah, no, no, no. So that was the, no, no, no. That's just a oh, oh, just dudes from Delaware. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that section, dude. I'm looking at this whole note. I have. No, I'm still on the first part. Now right. I'm moving to this part. Look at you. So big ups. <laughs> we we there's a few other podcasts that we are kind of unofficially friends with, basically. Um, and uh, we wanted to. I want uh, me and Josh both wanted to specifically mention them. One, the 
folks over at Broad Street Breakdown. Yo, Steve DeLodovico is the fucking man. I know Steve personally. I've only met the OG over the internet, but the dude is like the nicest dude. Like literally had nice words for me about my wedding. Never met this guy in real life. Really? No. I mean, I think I met I think I've met him, but we haven't had like a conversation. Yeah. But like mostly I talk to him on Twitter about like uh, you know, uh, bands and stuff, which is great. If it's anyone cool. wants to talk to me about bands on Twitter, let's do that. <laughs> let's do this. But it's just funny, like he's just really cool. And then the rest of the guys in the show, I don't know them, but that show's great. I yeah. love Broad Street Breakdown. Broad Street Breakdown, you guys are awesome. And they uh, thank you for existing. Yeah, and they gave us some support recently. Uh that you know, we don't need to get into it, but they were just cool to us. And so <laughs> that's all we're gonna say about that. Um they know. They know what they did. So uh, we really appreciate them and appreciate them um, getting our back. Uh, I also wanted that this is where I want to bring up the Nerds of Nostalgia is a podcast actually out of is that Kansas City? Basically, they're boys with our boy Nick's Nick Bashik. Nick Nuthouse Punks. Yes, <laughs> uh, and uh, I also wanted to mention his podcast. But I'll get to that in a sec. Nerds and Nostalgia. We've never met them in real life. I listen to their podcast. They listen to our podcast. They post about us. Not, I don't want to say constantly, but they repost stuff that Nick writes. They repost yeah. stuff about us. We just really appreciate that. We appreciate that kind of support. Um, I try to do the same for them. I think they're better at it than we are. Like they post about <laughs> us more than we post about them. So I just feel like it's not a it's not a two way street. So I just want to say on the show, listen to the Nerds of Nostalgia. It's a good podcast. They seem like good dudes. They have a little bit of a the one guy has a, has a metal. I think they I think they have other podcasts. I listen to Nerds Nostalgia. They have a horror one. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called though. So if you go to their website, I think you can find their other podcasts too. Right. Um, and then Nick has a podcast called From and Inspired By about soundtracks. It's like a podcast about various soundtracks. And That's he awesome. he recently got to talk to the music coordinator on Gotham and some other things like that. So we just love Nick. Nick writes for the site. He has a great column. So great dude. Yeah. I, I think one day we should do like a big Cinepunks meetup where everybody that we know like converges on Vegas and we like play bowling and you know that's not a bad idea. I thought it'd be a better idea if we could get a bunch of passes to a film fest uh, and then get everybody come out to a film to fest to and do an episode at, at a film fest. So if you have a film fest and you want us to hype your film fest, you should right. probably you should us. probably hit us up because we know a lot of people. We probably need like <laughs> six to seven passes. <laughs> For the whole Cinepunks crew to come out. So good. And record live. Okay. So uh, on this episode, we're going to be discussing some new movies. Um, so on Whacking on Track, we're going to skip those movies specifically because we're talking about them. But mm. there's other things. I mean, it's been a month and a half, so there's a lot of stuff. There's to a lot of about. stuff to go over. Um, we so we're going to go. I'm going to go a little quick. I'll stop on some things, but whatever. But uh, it's time for Whacking on Track. Whack and on, on Track. track. Go ahead, Liam. Let's try, let's try that again. All right. It's time for Whack and, and On track. track. That was good. That was really good. I feel like we were loud. The That's okay, though. That's it's fine. supposed to be loud. So I'm going to go first. Uh, obviously, On Track, I already mentioned them, but I just want to say again, X-Fest and the Empire Pictures event were both awesome for me, so I had a good time with that. Wedding, as we already said. Um, Josh, we went into it earlier, so I don't have to go into it now, but just thank you to everybody. Yeah, and for big up to Liam's eyebrows. Them shits was on track. I, I'm not going to lie. I did have my eyebrows waxed and <laughs> Yeah, plucked. they look so righteous. You, know, you, gotta, I have you look thick, like this incredibly expressive panda. People got to understand that I have very thick <laughs> eyebrows that are very long. Like, so uh, me and my wife went to get a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm getting the pedicure. And, and the woman was upselling me on everything. She's like, ah, pedicure or spa? And I'm like, uh, spa, obviously. <laughs> so she like takes it to that level. And then she goes, then we say, she, well, this is, you guys are just treating yourselves. Like, oh, we're getting married tomorrow. <gasps> oh, and then she looks at me. She's like, eyebrows? And you're like, <laughs> yes. Like, and then, no, I went, 
uh, I don't know. I said, she's like, they're pretty long. Oh. I mean, I, I'm not doing the fake accent because I think that's kind of offensive. I'm not going to try <laughs> to do that. But that's, I mean, that's how she said it to me. And I, I almost feel like she was accentuating it a little bit to like it's fuck so with me. Good. You know, like they're pretty long. And I was like, I, I'm trying to have, I'm trying to make these complicated explanations to this woman about why she doesn't need to plug my eyebrows. Right. And she goes, very long. <laughs> that's all she kept saying was how long my eyebrows were. And that just worked. Dude, it worked. What if you're like Samson, but like Martin Scorsese, like if that's where your strength in cinema oh knowledge God. comes from. We're going to sound like idiots now. Good job, Whatever wedding. my eyebrows look good. So, <laughs> XS, Empire Pictures, wedding, all good. Let me bust out the green room thing. Yo. How good was Green Room? Green Room was so good. Here's the thing. I get, I get that there's a bit of a hype machine around Green Room, and so some of the people we've talked to are maybe not talked to, but I've seen on the internet have been like, it wasn't as good as people said. And uh, to that, I just have to say, like, choke on it. You know, yeah, like, dude. that movie was great. It was so much fun. Also, big up to Tony Retman, who did the podcast up to Green Room. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to, to check it out, Tony Retman, he wrote the New York Hardcore book. Well, one of the many New York Hardcore books, but his is, I think, one of the better ones. He was one of the um, voices that we spoke to for the. Um, yeah, for, if you listen to our last episode, he was on there. Yeah. And he did a thing called Green Room Radio where he interviewed various people about. The, their experience in music and the worst show they ever played and stuff like that. Mm. It was an interesting variety of people. Yeah, Ted Leo's on there. Yeah, Ted Leo and um, uh, Roger Merritt yeah. and Walter Schreifels and a bunch of people. It's really cool. Uh, he also interviewed the director and I think this is part of the thing. Like uh, A few people went to the movie hearing how legit the movie was as far as a punk movie and they actually wanted to be more punk. Really? And I'm like, that's stupid because if it went any more punk, it would have gone into corny. Yeah, it would have gone into some territory where like you're trying to balance this weird legitimacy with like linear storytelling. And I think what people don't realize is like Jeremy Saulnier is not like those kids in the movie. He's not like a dyed hair punk dude. Like he was yeah. a, more of a hardcore kid. And if you listen to that episode, you'll hear a little bit of that. And what's really great is just recently someone posted a picture of a band out of Baltimore who played in New York and they were asked to play this biker club and the biker club was like Nazis. Whoa. And there was like three African-American dudes in the band. Holy shit. And they played anyway and they left to like applause and they took pictures like flipping off this like Confederate flag in the biker club oh, or whatever. Oh man. Or it might have even been a Swazi or what something. What band? So I should know this because this was just posted the other day and I fucking forget. And it's supposed to be my notes. I meant to put it in the notes. Right. And I forgot. Um, if you listen to the episode, it's like basically but what I thought was so funny is James, so the person who posted this is James Kubiar. He's uh, originally from Austin. He's in New York right now. He posted this old picture. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was so funny is this is the band that Jeremy Saulnier was like, that was my favorite band back in the day. They were a tough guy band out of Baltimore. His movie is about what these dudes experienced, only there was no fight. These dudes right. just played, and none of these bikers wanted to fight them because they're kind of tough dudes, and so they just let it slide. And it, that's when, literally when I when I interviewed. If you guys check out on the website in the writing section, I got to interview the director. He straight up said, I didn't want it to be hardcore kids because then it would just be a fight. Yeah. It wouldn't be. Like in this movie, part of the tension is you're like, these kids are going to get killed. Like They can't right. fight for shit. He's like, if they're a bunch of tough dudes, it's just a movie about a fight. It's not scary. <laughs> like there's nothing about that scary. It's just a movie about a fight. So like I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, I wonder if part of this idea came from the experience of this band, or if he had no idea that this band he loved had the experience almost, Whoa. not quite as bad, obviously, right? But almost the same experience that he wrote about the movie. So I thought that was really interesting. Dude, Anyways, the movie was so good. Though. The movie was really good. I thought it was really legit. It was very tense. Yeah. There's a lot of tension with it. If you haven't, it's not in theaters anymore. So 
we didn't want to do it as like a new movie review because you can't really check it out right yeah. now. But um, if it's you get a theaters, chance, it's gone now. It's nowhere near me. It played near me, and it's nowhere. I I, I wow. haven't been able to find it anywhere. I think that it's sucks. out. Man. So if you haven't gotten a chance to see it, just wait look till for it, it on comes Blu-ray. Video, yeah. I think it's on VOD right now. Right. So it's definitely so check good. it out. As a punk movie, I definitely think it's my favorite one. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I think is so funny. You don't. Part of what we might talk about later, if we have time, <laughs> you don't like exploitation movies. No, I don't. That is an exploitation movie. Would you? Well, that's a home. That is just straw dogs with punks and Nazis. Okay. Well, we're, we'll, we'll and it's even gorier. It's even more fucked up than we'll, straw dogs. We'll discuss further the definitions of the parameters of an exploitation movie, to which the things that I have offense with, like the stuff that bums me out. So we'll right. get to that's that. That's fair. We'll get that's to fair. That. But I, I, I will say this: if you like, uh, not just home invasion, but like invade, you know, that sort of invasion, we got to get out of here. Very tense. Yeah. There's not a lot of back, like backstory is not the point. Someone sitting there like telling you their life story. That's not the not point. the point. Yeah. The point is it's the tension situation. of the moment, and it does it perfectly. Dude, Patrick Stewart's amazing in it. Yeah. Also, check out um, that dude's other movie, Blue Ruin. Um, I mean, I think I like Blue Ruin better than this one still in some ways just because Blue Ruin is more my kind of film a yeah. little bit because it's very emotional. And it's know? also very – it's not as linear as this one. It's not like it's a weird moment. But I feel like I could watch I, – I would need – I would love to do a double feature of these two a movies. Blue Ruin and Green Room. And just uh, think about it that way and be like, how do they differ? How do they compare? Which yeah, one do I like better? I don't that'd know. That would be really good. I've only seen both once, so I need more time to process that. But I also wanted to say thank you to them. That interview was great, and it wasn't because of me. It's because uh, the the brothers who did the soundtrack – Who live in my neighborhood. Yeah, they live right near nice guys. Yeah. They, we t- said they, they gave me their card to have them on the show, and we just – Again, it's been... Liam got married. It's been a month and a half. That's going to be my so. excuse for every time we bring up the fact that we haven't recorded. I know, I know. Yeah, we were going to do that, but Liam got married, so, uh, you know. Anyways, we haven't had them on, <laughs> but they were cool. Jeremy was cool. Yeah. And we got a lot of support. Eddie was wearing a leeway shirt. He, no. Close. Sheer Terror. Oh, Sheer Terror. Sorry, he had, sorry, sorry. He had a Sheer Terror long sleeve, and it was not a reprint or a new oh, so OG hard. Sheer Terror long sleeve, so <laughs> this is a good dude. Okay, let's keep going. I don't want to take too long. I recently saw that movie Sing Street. Was that good? Is it a musical? Sing Street is great if you are into sappy emotional movies. Well, I like sappy emotional movies yeah. if they're done if they're done right. Basically, Sing Street it's set in Northern Ireland or no, I'm sorry, set in Ireland, Dublin in the 80s. Which, if you know anything about Ireland, that's when Dublin was going through an economic crisis. A lot of people were moving to England to get jobs, mm-hmm. and it's like this kid. He's from a posh family, but the family's both losing money because someone loses their job and going through a divorce. And so he gets sent to a public school where he has to deal with all these thugs who beat him up all the time. Yeah. And his brother starts getting him into music and he meets this girl and he wants to know this girl. So he makes up that he has a band and it's sort of like this kid's discover. And it's like a musical discovery. He's discovering the music of the eighties. Right. So, so is the soundtrack really he good? He goes from, he goes from Duran Duran to the cure to Ooh. whatever else, the Smiths, all that stuff. And sort of like his sound changes as his brother introduces. So in one way, it's just a movie about having a brother, having right. a brother who loves you, but also kind of resents you who like takes care of you, but also like the family tension works out. It's about a love story, but like an awkward love story. Like they, you know, it's about being around people who are different from you and not knowing how to get along. And it's really, as a lot of things in Ireland are about how fucked up the Catholic church is and about growing up in this Mm. Catholic, of course the poor school is the Catholic school where the brothers are like super like beat you up, treat you like shit. Mm. And a lot of the movie is like actually dark. Like it's, I say it's like a sappy movie. 
most of the movie is not sappy. There's a few mm. moments that just become crescendos. Yeah. But the rest of the movie is actually pretty rough. Like pretty like, oh yeah, and then this happened and you're like, oh wow, that's stark and a bummer, but was that's kind of cool. So it wasn't a musical or it was. So was it like all that to say he starts a band and there are moments where the band is recording their videos, but there's not a musical in that people sing about what's going on in the movie. Right. It's just a music influenced movie with lots of parts. Oh, and okay. if you find the songs in the movie annoying, the movie might get annoying. I didn't I mm. thought the music was fine. We liked it. And stuff. I really liked the performances. I thought the acting was amazing all the way through. Right. So did you like that guy's other movies? That guy directed once, right? Wasn't it him too? Uh so he wasn't the director. I think he like helped write once. Oh. I don't think he was the director of once. I I'll be honest, I don't know. I went mm. to see it because I saw the trailer. Trailer looked cheesy to me, but in a way that I was like, that's kind of appealing. And then friend of the podcast, Jacob Knight saw it and jacob and he was like big up that he was like was awesome. yo that was real that was some real ass shit he even put it on his top first views of may whoa jacob at the end of every month is like first time viewings in in of that month he rates them mm-hmm. he put it number one and so i was like yo if jacob who can be kind of cynical kind of a cynical dude was like that movie was amazing i was like let's give it a chance and honestly me and Susan needed to unwind after wedding weekend it was a right. tense weekend so we went to this to unwind and it was great. I cried. It was awesome. It was a great nice. movie. And again, some of you might not appreciate aspects of the movie. I don't even want to say what because I don't want to ruin the experience. But I would recommend it if you can handle a little bit of sappy in with your grit. Okay. It's worth it. The other Good. movie I wanted to hype, it's not a great movie, but I laughed the whole way through. A little movie called Keanu. Yeah, that movie was super duper fun. It's just fun. It was just yeah, fun. It was a great movie. Uh, quick Quick things I want to also hype. New season of The Chef's Table is out. I really like that show. Check it out. Uh, I reviewed for Synapse the Dolomite Blu-ray for our boys over at Vinegar Syndrome. We want to do an event with Vinegar Syndrome. Every few months they like text us up. They, they email, Yo, are we still going to do that? And I'm like, yeah, we'll get back to you. And then we don't. And then Liam got married. Yeah, and then I got married. So sorry. But if, you're, <laughs> if any of those Vinegar Syndrome dudes are listening to this, we love you. That Dolomite release is sick. And we'll figure out something to do. And then the last thing I want to say is there was a show that our, our friend of the podcast, Bob Wilson, booked No Tolerance with Waste Management, Insist, and uh, other bands who I Was forget. it all a straight edge show? Was, was everything in straight edge? I don't know if every band was straight edge. I know the guys from Mindset's new band played. That sounds, yeah. they, they were like, like, they literally said, it sounds like late era minor threat. And I was like. That's, was it? I was like, that's too specific. That's going to be corny. And then when they played, I was like, this sounds like a late era minor threat. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, I actually really like this. Cool. So I thought cool. they were. I thought they were cool. The problem is the show is at Vox Populi. Huh. If you've ever been to a show there in the summer, mm. that's like the hottest room in the world. There's yeah. like one fan, and it's so. So I watched a few of each bit. Like I've watched all of Bob Wilson's new band played. I watched all that. It was six songs. So that what was band was that? Uh, I believe it's called Shadow of Lies. This is new band. Dave Janice is in it. Bob Wilson, other people who I kind of know. Um, it, they were good. They were. They need to work. They need mm-hmm. more. I mean, it's their first show, so it's cool. But you know, it could be better. Then there was a few other bands that I seemed like they were cool, but I only watched a few songs of. I didn't really stay in the room until Waste Management, who I love and I'd never yeah. seen before, and that was great. And then No Tolerance, who I've only seen one other time when they played This Is Hardcore, and that band is like to me like the best straight edge band playing right now. Like I just right. fucking wow. love that band. So uh, that's all on track. Uh, as far as Whack, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But, uh, you know, all the TV shows are ending. 
had the season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season finale of The Flash, season finale of Arrow, and they all fucking sucked. Whoa. Like, I, I literally, all three of those shows, I regret watching this entire Because season. of the final episodes? No, the whole thing. It's, I was hoping they would pull it around. And In they fact, just never did. The best moment of the air of Arrow, this season of Arrow, was the end of this season he becomes mayor, which he was trying to do earlier in the season. They just let that go so he could do other arrow stuff. Right. And then now he's like the mayor. And I was like, cool, that's the first good decision the show has made the entire I feel bad because friend of the you know, friend and fellow Cinepunk Justin Lore loves these shows. And he's been and you can't talk about it on hard business. Like he's that. been coming to me like, yo, I don't know, Flash is still pretty good. Flash is still pretty good. And by the end of the season I was like, no, fuck you, Flash. <laughs> You're fuck done. You, fuck you, Agents of Shield. The only one of these shows that was good is the one that got canceled. Agent Carter was the only good comic book show on fucking TV, and wow. then they were like, "Nope," and they pulled the plug on it. Fuck. It's such a bummer, man. I would take. I hope they put that show on Netflix because it's now the Netflix shows. I think are still chill. Like I'm yeah. not. I'm not shooting on those, but the the ones on network TV have all especially you know i've said on this very thing the first yeah. two seasons of flash Ooh, i was so excited about yeah, yeah. you were stoked thought the writing was great but this season of flash again is this the third season it i just think it is shit the bed huh whatever this season sucks that's all i'm gonna say whoa heavy so, all right okay I'm sorry go ahead josh Suck. sorry sorry i took up so much no time. it's cool man so okay for me on track um we had mentioned green room green room was super fun thank you to um uh, who was it that reached out to us? Rachel Goldman and uh, the rest of the Allied people asked us if we wanted to come to that. I think it was, I don't know if it was Allied. I think they got our info from Allied, but there was like a promotion company. Right. I don't right, think it right. matters. Someone who was cool hooked us up. Yeah. So thank you. So thank you so much for that. That was really cool. Um, new records by the band Praise, that new Praise record. It's so good. I am so hyped on. I, I'm going to be honest with you that when, uh, what was that first one called? When Lights Out or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't so hyped on it. Like I oh, heard it. I love it. that record too. Everyone told me about it, so I listened to it. This one's better, but I like, I like, I like that one too. You like that one too. I haven't really spent enough time with it because on first listen, it didn't really speak to me as much as this one did. But this one, I've been listening to nonstop. It's only like six songs, something like this. I think it's like, actually eight songs, but oh, they're pretty fast. Yeah, they're like they're shorter, yeah. but they're so well written. The vocals are um, that. Like the lyrics and the vocals, I think, are really appealing. Yeah. I think the whole record's really, really good. I can't and I, wait. And I got are they a, playing This Is Hardcore this year? Uh, I don't think they are, actually. Oh, okay. um, well, I don't know what their schedule them. is. I'm hoping to see them next time they come to Philadelphia. And, and let me say real quick, you know, this is one of those times where, oh, you know, they're talking about hardcore. I think this is the band that has crossover appeal. If you are someone who uh, just wants to hear, like, I mean, it's like almost like well-written, upbeat rock. I, yeah. I guess it's. I guess it's. But it's, like, it's aggressive enough that it'll appeal to a hardcore crowd. Yeah, it's totally. Got mosh to it. It's got yeah. mosh bits to it, but little bits. But I think over, like it, it's enough that I can put it on with the wife in the car, and she's like not bummed out at all. Right. It's right. not like her favorite band, but she's like, oh, this is pretty good. You know. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So know? that record's really good. The new Nothing record is fucking amazing. I haven't heard it. This is what people it's say. It's called Tired of Tomorrow. Okay. Relapse put it out. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, if you like ninety. Shoegaze, if you like My Bloody Valentine, if you like that kind of sound, this is your record. It's so, so good. And I mean, like, it's funny because we know those kids from the hardcore scene, right? So we know all these, like, kids from, yep. like, just being, like, Nikki you know, Money was in Horror Show. 
uh, fucking the drummer dude. What is his name again? I don't remember. I don't know them. I oh, just know I, them from I, shows. I feel bad. I don't kind of know the drummer guy. Like we're friends, mm. and his name is out of my brain right now, and it really bums me wow. out. So friends, huh? No, I'm an asshole. Right? No, right, like literally. Right. Hopefully, he never listens to this podcast. <laughs> he was in Mother of Mercy. For those of you who know, he was in Mother of Mercy. He was in Night Sins. Right. And now he's in nothing. Uh, and yeah. I, Speaking of Green Room, that movie opens up with a shot of the van, and on the window, there's a nothing sticker. That's true. On that's the true. van. So, but yeah. So that record. Richie Rojas actually was in nothing for a long time too. That's true. So you know that band, that record is really, really good. Um, Minor Victories. Have you heard of this band? I don't know anything about this. Minor Victories is the girl from Slow Dive. I think it's one of the guys from Mogwai. It's like a super group of that '90s like dream pop. And wow. it's dude, they only put out like four songs on Spotify right now. But apparently, new records coming. They're coming to Union Transfer. I think on the twenty second of this month. Wow, they are so good, dude. Those I'm have to records check that out. are so. Those songs, it's like four singles that are so amazing. That are just like if you like slow dive, if you like Mogwai, if you like that slow paced, but multi layered approach. I fucking to love like Mogwai. I've dude. never gotten into slow dive. Oh, how have you not listened to, like Slovakian? I never. No, dude. I mean, I'm not against it. I just haven't given it a fair. Whereas Mogwai, I have like. I don't think I have every, but I have a bunch of Mogwai records. Yeah. I even took Suze to see Mogwai. She was kind of like, I was like, yo, they did a couple of these songs. And she was oh, I guess what? And she, she was just kind of like a little like, what are we going to? Right. And I took her. And then when we left, she's like, oh, I'm so glad you took me to that. That was amazing. So. Dude, they're so awesome. But this band, I think, is like super group for that set. And it's fucking perfect. I want to get on this next thing I see on your list because this is something I've been, I can't believe I didn't put it on my list because right. I've been fucking marking over this shit. The new Anoni record. Oh, my God. Dude, it's so good. So Anoni used to be who again? Because I don't Anthony. know. I didn't know anything about Anoni. Literally, so, you go ahead. Tell, tell Anthony and the it. Johnsons was a band. Sure, they were like a jazz band yeah. with this like nine foot tall dude named Anthony singing for them, and he sounds like Nina Simone. Yeah. If you listen to the records, they are miserable. Yo, sad, sad, but amazing though. Like but I checked so them out after you said wonderful. that, and I thought they were really good. Yeah, they're so good live. The whole experience of them live is unbelievable. The when we saw them at um, the Keswick. Uh, big up to my man Oliver Cooney for hooking it up for getting me and Melani into that show, dude. It was the weirdest and best show I'd seen that year. It so, was, so what then is the relationship between Anthony and a known? Anthony has gone through a gender reassignment surgery, sure, and is now female gendered, and he has been or she now has been making music under the name Anoni. And it's not as jazzy as the it, Anthony it, and the it, Johnson stuff. It's literally it's, like a more mournful James Blake. Yeah. That's, so if what, if James Blake wrote science fiction books, that's what I, that's oh what that's what it sounds like yeah. to me. Like I straight up, I listened to this in protest because here's the deal: I was on Twitter, new James Blake came out. A few people were like, "I don't like the new James Blake," and I was like, what? "I like that record too." That so I checked it out; it was real good. And then yeah. I saw someone say, "The new Anoni straight drone bombs James Blake out of existence. <laughs> James Blake is now irrelevant." And I went livid. I'm like, "How are you gonna shit talk my boy James Blake like that?" <laughs> so I put on this Anoni John to be like, "Fuck this Anoni person! I don't know nothing about them, but they are no James Blake." By the end of the record, I was a disciple. Like I'm right. just like. This is the most amazing. And not to say, and again, this doesn't mean I don't like the new James Blake. New James Blake is great. But the Zanoni shit is on some next level. Dude, she is amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. And like, if you're not into that sound, like if you're not into the idea of like the layered production, clearly done, you know, with a variety of samples and that sort of like weird, spacey, jazzy thing going on, like if that's not your thing, 
then you might not like this. Right. But I think for me, this might be my favorite release of the year so far. I'm with that. I'm with that. I think it sounds like a toothed Radiohead. Yes, I agree. Like 100%. If it was like radio, if Radiohead spoke about things that weren't just so outlandish or whatever. Or they like, just, they go so abstract. You're like, I, I know you care about something, but I don't know what yeah. the fuck it is. It, it, it's like if Radiohead had teeth, I feel, I feel as yeah. like this is what this is. Which but, is so funny because so many people I know are so stoked on the new Radiohead, which is good. I like the new Radiohead. I haven't it's even fine. heard it. It's yeah. good. It's, it's pretty good. If you like Radiohead, it's pretty good. But this Anoni shit is on such a next level that I can't even <laughs> compare the two. And I think it's yeah. the other way around. Like I think a lot of people who I'm friends with on this is like more of the twitter crowd a lot of people are like new radiohead is amazing well this is an only record's pretty good and i'm like <laughs> i think you have those two things switched radiohead managed not to shit the bed which is pretty amazing because yeah. the last record was actual pretty poop bad. out of my yeah. butt yeah, yeah, yeah. but the new anony is like Dude. revelation you know it's like a new <laughs> truth in my life yeah all right sick so i really like that um Another thing that was on track for me is I, I House did a screening of Lady Snowblood and uh, so good. Lady Snowblood 2, Song of Vengeance, I yep. think it's called. But um, I didn't stay for the second one because you had to pay for both of them. And uh, I was broke at the time, so like, you know, whatever. But um, I went with Melani and Andrew Welbrock, who plays in the band The Cross Keys with me. And Andrew had never seen Lady Snowblood before. What? And I was just like, dude, you got to watch this movie. So we all met up and we went to the International House. Um, friend of the podcast and writer Rob Skvarla was there. Uh, we just like there's a like good crew rep in the, in the house, but yeah. Lady Snowblood, like okay, so for the uninitiated, Lady Snowblood is essentially what Tarantino ripped off for most of Kill Bill. I would say, like I, you could I, see. I, I, I don't know if I would say most, but certain elements are so directly ripped off yeah. that it feels like a direct. It feels, it feels like, like a, like cover a re- song. recreation in some yeah, ways. Yeah, very much. But uh, Lady Snowblood is like a weird movie in that it might be one of the very first evidences of a feminist themed movie from Asia that I've ever seen. I, I, like it's it's at least for me the first. It, I don't know if it's the first in existence. Like I'm not a, a no Asian. that I've ever seen. That, yeah, yeah. But know. I think it's definitely you know. I, I just mean like timeline wise, there might have been some movies made before that. Okay, but I don't know those movies. Yeah, as far I as I'm concerned, them. the first time I watched the Snowblood, I was literally like, "What the fuck is Dude, this?" It's so good, and it's- and for me, it 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 is that space between art film and exploitation it's literally like a squish up of the two right because it's like all the bloody bloodness Dude, there's so much spray like blood spray in the movie it's it takes awesome. the spray that you're already used to in samurai movies but it's like well again it's like the artfulness of like um maybe everyone says kurosawa so i don't want to say kurosawa yeah. but it's it's the artfulness of a kurosawa right with the more grittiness of a zatoichi or whatever you know what i mean like, right there's a lot of spray so there's a lot of grime in the movie one of the things i discovered about the movie upon watching it is that uh it is actually co-created by a gentleman named kazuo Ko- uh not uh, not Koseki Gojima, the other guy. Kazuo Koke, I forget. Oh, yeah, I forget how you say it. Yeah, he yeah. is the other half of the directing team that made Baby Cart to Hades, who yep. wrote the actual comic books yep. for Lone Wolf and Cub. Yep. So that was, I, I was wondering, like, why, while I was watching it, it has the same sensibility of that, like the same bleakness. Now, do you have the Blu-ray? Did you watch the special features? No, no. There's I, an extended interview about the creation of the comic man. book and why he did it and what it was all about. And what? Bro, I got to loan you that Blu-ray. Dude, that it's, shit sounds because if you guys don't know, they released both the original and the sequel from Criterion in a, a double, double Blu-ray thing. set. Right? It's so fucking good. Word. And this, 
special features are like next level. Wow. Now that I have a Blu-ray player, I should definitely get you on that You should definitely game. get it. But uh, man, that movie, seeing it on the big screen also was really, really cool. Sure. It was funny though. The guy who uh, presented it, do you remember the, the, there are two dudes that present for International House that's not exhumed, right? It's yeah. It's like the one bald dude. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, the bald dude was the guy who, uh, who presented it. Okay. And he was like, the first time I saw this movie, I was the projector in Hawaii. <laughs> he was like going into like talking about it and then what? like yeah he, I don't know if you've ever seen this guy talk before a movie that he presents but he's got a very like weird stentorian it's, it's, like it's strange it's well, strange it was the first time I oh, saw yeah it was like really weird and he yeah. talked about it like that and it was definitely like oh, okay Lou, let's just push play there buddy let's keep it going <laughs> so um, it wasn't on film though it was on DLP but it was still cool I mean like I mean of course we would prefer to see it on film but seeing it on the big screen at all is cool yeah, it was pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another thing on on track for me, Captain America: Civil War. It was Yo, good. It was good. That it was, was good. my shit, dude. It was so so much fun. I got I got to be real. You know, I I feel, you know, some of our some of our friends, people we love, are starting to get anxious about the Marvel take. Yeah, they're getting our, ready to hate on it because, like, you know, they're enjoying themselves too much, and we just can't have enough fun. So <sighs> look, you know. look, look, look. I feel it on a meta level. <laughs> I'm worried about comic book movies taking over all the cinema. Right. I'm worried that we're like in a weird bubble that will eventually pop. And then once we get past it, we're all going to be like, what the fuck were we thinking? No, At least I, there I, aren't 50 episodes of us documenting how much we love these movies. Yeah. That I think are stupid. Yeah, no, no, no. no. But, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, like, and so I, I'm all about that. On the other hand, the movie was good. Right. Black Panther was great. Black Panther was awesome. All the character development was awesome. I really I felt, liked it. I really dude. liked it. And every time someone has something negative to say about it, it just sounds corny as shit to me. <laughs> Like, I no agree. one has a real critique. I haven't heard anything negative about it yet. Other than, I will say this, the it's it's filmed very flat. It, I, right. Honestly, okay. every one of these Marvel movies almost, except for maybe Guardians, moments of Guardians, but most of the Marvel movies, are they're, they're, they're kick-ass TV pilots right. on a big screen is really what they are. They're okay. like super, right. like literally, which when, when that, when Captain America Civil War ends, you go... Fuck! When's is next week? The next episode? Oh, I need right. to see yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like a moment. But uh, again, I, I I think that's an aesthetic representation of how they're thinking of these movies, which is episodically like, let's just get to the action, let's get to the plot. We don't have time to set up like a pretty shot that uh-huh. speaks emotionally in this in the structure. <laughs> yeah, we got stuff to do. It's a big guy's got to crush stuff. <laughs> and all those moments were magical when yeah. Ant Man becomes Giant Man. So good, uh, dude. So good. Little guy's like, big. Little Spider-Man guy's big comes now. In there. Dude, when Spider-Man gets in there, that shit is so awesome. The fucking final fight between Winter Soldier and Captain yeah. America and yeah. Iron Man, that shit is awesome. Like, Let me just go ahead and so say this. If all shitty summer blockbusters were like Captain America Civil War, Dude. then cinema would be perfect because literally all I would need is I'm going to go to the Ritz and see some artsy, pretentious shit, yeah. and then I'm going to go to the drive-in and see Captain America Civil War or an old horror film. My life would be perfect. The problem is... Captain America Civil War is leaps and bounds above e- like every other summer, summer blockbuster, blockbuster, let alone comic book movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie, is I, this, so is gonna get us, this is going to get us heat, but I'm going to say it. This movie is everything that Batman vs. Superman wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. I will agree to that. Because that movie was a piece of shit. Thankfully, Brian Yan doesn't listen to this movie because he says that that's the greatest comic book movie. Uh, he's just a fucking troll. <laughs> I love that guy. Brian I, Yan, I you were the man. I love you, but you're a troll. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. But, yeah. So uh, other stuff on track for me. Uh, the Martha Graham Cracker Prince tribute. We mentioned it for your bachelor yeah, party. Great. It was great. Yo. That shit was so awesome. It how, was amazing. How about the fact that Johnny Showcase is on the show? 
I'm like, did a, you know I'm about a Johnny this? Showcase fan now? No. Well, what was funny is, my you know, some of my friends came who had never seen Martha Graham Cracker before. You've seen Martha Graham Cracker? With uh, no, I never oh. have. But you know, some of them I felt like they felt a little awkward going in because it's then a my drag one, queen show. But I don't think it was this that they just were like, this is this is a new thing. I don't know what to think. But then it turns out my one friend Bob is a huge Johnny Showcase fan. It was like, oh, Johnny Showcase is here. Oh man, oh this guy's the best. So Dude. I thought that was so funny because he was so fucking stoked on seeing Johnny Showcase. <laughs> And then he was like, they were great together. And then when it ended, I mean, the one thing that everyone pointed out, besides the fact that Martha Graham Carter is an amazing performer, right. but I want to specifically mention her guitar player fucking shreds. Yeah, that dude, that is, dude is no joke. Awesome. And then yeah. big up to her uh, keyboard player, Victor Furiello. Who's he's your a, friend. He's a friend of mine. I didn't know he was in the band. So Victor, <laughs> if you check this out, I didn't, when you said you're coming to my show, I'm like, did he set up the show? <laughs> See, if I, I didn't know you were in the motherfucking band. Uh, you did a great job. So here's the thing that, um, as a listener, you may not know. My wife loves drag queens. I think we talked about it on We might have mentioned it before. But she does. It's like we, her favorite thing. This is like the fifth or sixth time we've seen Martha Graham Cracker. She has yeah. like a week or a monthly show at Latage. Like, yeah. you know, you can see her a lot in Philadelphia. Every single time we see Martha Graham Cracker, she always like works the crowd, which is, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But she always ends up standing next to me when I'm at my sweatiest and most not wanting to be standing next to the person it, that everybody's looking and to. It seemed like she avoided you at this one. At this one, I was like dodging. I was you like hiding like, behind Grace and stuff. Ugh. But dude. There were a lot of people there who wanted the Martha Graham Cracker treatment to the point where at one point her shtick was that this guy was making her awkward. Yeah. Like she's like, weird. this guy is too into this. <laughs> and she like moved on. She's like making out with dudes like trying trying to make out with her and oh man it was just wild but dude come on they did so many awesome prince songs yep it was so rad the, the lady from the post office at fourth and bainbridge was there yeah. or whatever and like they gave her like a big shout out and everything well i mean the thing that martha grimcocker i think shows is like you're you're at your best with a prince tribute when you're reinterpreting and adding your own flavor to it yeah because i think when people try to just do Prince the way Prince would have done Prince, it doesn't really turn out so well. And just only a few people, I think, can pull it off. For the most yeah. part, you're not fucking Prince. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And so uh, I, I don't want to get too specific, but there's been some more public tributes that went poorly. Right. And it just reminded me, Fair like, enough. yo, when Martha Graham Cracker did that song, she did it her own way. <laughs> and it, and was it was awesome. Great. And granted, of course, I got in the car. It made me want to put Purple Rain on Dude, in the car. The Purple Rain finale was so brutal. There was like, everyone was like hands up in the air. Dude, how awesome was that? I got to say, Purple Rain basically ends with gang vocals. Like, we played Purple Rain at the end of my wedding reception. You were home being drunk. Being drunk. But by the end of the night, that's what I had to end the night with was Purple Rain. And I really think that whoa part at the end, it's like... God damn it, I wish a hardcore band would play this because I want to climb on people's heads <laughs> while singing. So good. That, and the finale was so awesome what? for that Martha Graham Cracker show. Also, when we left, Johnny Showcase was standing outside the TLA. Good dude. And uh, me and Melanie were like, yo, Johnny, you're awesome. And he was, hey guys, you want to go to prom? It's because so he has ridiculous. an event coming up that's a prom event. Dude, he has two records out on Spotify. Dude's the best. Unbelievable. If you haven't listened to it, it's like this weird, sexy music. He has one song about M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) He calls him Shalaman. It is so good, dude. It is so good. You should definitely check that out if you haven't heard it. It's so wonderful. Um, All right. Let's get to your wax. Oh, yeah. Well, no. One more thing. Oh, do it. I also had my acting debut. 
Oh, yeah, in, Undercover Cops. I haven't gotten to watch it yet. In a movie by Mr. Uh, Sean Coleman, a.k.a. Lil Sean of the Phil Mocha. Lil, Lil Sean. It is his second installment in the Undercover Cops trilogy. The first one came out last year on Lil Sean Day for the Film Fest. This year, they premiered the second one. Sure. The second one's called Undercover Cops 2, Anonymous Cop. Oh, man. Wherein I play a priest. Yeah, it's amazing. You got to watch it. It stars again from the podcast and writer Rob Skvarla. It has like all of our friends from the Film Mocha yep. in it. Matt yep. Garrett's in it. Like yep. everybody's in there. Yep. It's on my Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, we will put it in the notes for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, I must say, I, I'm really good in it. So you're amazing in everything you do. <laughs> that happened. Uh, okay. Oh man, get your whack. My this whack. Is your first thing, dude. First thing on my list: X Fest. Not stoked. <laughs> Not stoked at all. Oh, I mean, like, okay, man, so now get it, it wrong. So don't don't get it twisted. I, my love for Exhumed and Joseph Gervasi is well documented on here. Yeah, everybody knows. I would fucking take a bullet for those guys. However, I do not like exploitation films. And if we're counting Green Room as an exploitation film, then I can't fully say I dislike exploitation. Well, films. I mean, you can't say you don't like exploitation films totally. In no, that because you I like, like you like black exploitation. I like black exploitation. You like kung fu, like most kung fu movies. I like Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. I like you know, like I hate rapey movies. I fucking can't watch rapey yeah, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really we well, and we up were for me. we were going to do an episode about that. We've talked about that a little bit about the the issue with. And for me, it's really how it's handled. I can't, I'm not a big fan of movies where the rape revenge thing is the whole point of the movie. Right. Like, and honestly, a lot of movies where there is uh, an aspect of rape in the movie, it tends to go overboard for me. Right. That, like, it starts off and I'm like, okay, whatever. But, like, the whole idea that we have to abuse someone, especially when the protagonist is a male, yeah. I'm a little more okay with some rape revenge movies where the protagonist is a female she's going out for herself a little bit like right. there's something about that that uh whether it's a, so like a miss 45 thing or like, like miss 45 uh, was i spit cool. on your grave i don't See, like i, I spit on your grave it. it's I, still too much but for again me. The, i don't like i spit on your grave just for what it is but i like um again well this is not a that's not a good example last house on the left is not a good example <laughs> because the parents get the revenge and really that's last house on the left is is everyone says it's rape revenge, which it kind of is, but it's more a reinterpretation of a fairy tale. Like that's right. really what it's about. You know what I mean? Not but, into it. Uh, Not into it. I love Last House on the Left. I don't like I Spit on Your Grave. I guess it's the good way to determine those things. But I didn't. Was this? Uh, yeah, I, 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 it was uncomfortable for me. There were moments. During yeah, Johnny Firecloud. So Johnny Firecloud, I loved. I get <sighs> you did not enjoy. I think that genre of film where. We're going to make a movie where all the white people are assholes and the people of color are getting revenge on us for being assholes. I love it partly because a lot of those movies were actually made by white people. So, so it's get, like weird self-hating white no, people. No, it really is. On. It's like this weird thing yeah. where they don't know how to do it right. And they don't know how to like <laughs> even do the racist moments right in a way that like makes sense. Like my the, the, Well, what do you think it is? Do you think it's a lack of willingness to in Oh, I think it's a, a deep pathology i think you could write a whole psychological yeah. text on these movies if i was if i was in school and i was working in I, i'm gonna say this to friends who are doing this sort of thing if you're writing about someone like deleuze or lacan or these other like freud influenced people who took freud and made it more into a philosophy than just psychology uh -huh. like a social psychology sort of thing you should watch Race, Any exploitation race movies. exploitation movies, especially not just black exploitation, because black exploitation I think has more social context. context. But I think more the uh, like a movie like Johnny Firecloud, where it's like 
Native American people did not write that movie. That was a movie no, written by white people definitely not. who thought that they were there's a lot of motivations there. There's a little bit of white guilt, but there's also a need to cash in on what they're seeing as this moment. And mm, there's mm, so many mm. mixed things going on there. I think it's amazing that I will say the moment of Johnny Firecloud that you're thinking of that also made me uncomfortable is the rape in Johnny Firecloud. Right. It's unnecessary and it goes on too long. And I get why it's there because that is a theme in the relationship of white people to native people. Right. But we already know that. I mean, I guess this is part of the issue is that, there are people watching Johnny Firecloud when that movie came out that are going like, holy shit. Like, like ser- seriously, like, wait, we treat Native Americans poorly? <laughs> what? And you, we act like that's not the case, but it, sh- it is the case that people didn't know. Yeah. And that's sort of the thing, like, if you're writing about, if you're writing of any sort of period movie, especially if it's set at a certain time period, you know, you some of the language is going to be offensive because that's how people actually talk. Yeah. And we can pretend they didn't talk that way, whatever. But... Uh, and then the next movie you thought was boring was a military film with Klaus Kinski. Oh man, that was so weird. I really liked that movie, but uh, and then really, what was after that? We uh, just weren't into it all. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. If either. you go to the Instagram, I like grammed every movie. Yeah, you did. Fest, you did. But uh, just so people would know what it was. And but. I didn't sit through the whole thing because there was a point where I was like, you know what, man? Well, you don't have to watch I'm stuff good. you don't enjoy. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't so stoked on Zapped because I've seen it a million times. Oh, that was what was next. Zapped was that next? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then what was after that? I don't know. Anyways, the point is, for you, there was a little too much rapiness. Yeah, not a little, really my thing. A little too much racial stuff going on. Mm. I liked Bare Knuckles, though. The Bare Tarantino movie. That I was liked a good time. that movie. That was probably the only movie I think you found enjoyable the whole time. Yeah, agreed. That um, movie was a good time. Yeah. That and, was before Zapped. It was. Uh, that yeah. was a direct loan from Tarantino, from what I'm told. No shit. And that some of the Zoom people had never even seen it before. They wow. were just like, all right, well, Tarantino says this is good, so we're going to watch this. There you go. And uh, I, I liked it. I would find Bare Knuckles. It's probably not available on home video, but anyone who owns one of these. Uh, torrenting whatever no no I was going to say anyone who owns one of these uh, uh, specialty companies mm-hmm. look into getting a copy of Bare Knuckles oh yeah put what's it up Vincent yeah, 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 yeah what's up y'all Vinegar Syndrome Code Red whatever Garage House yeah I'll buy any of that shit because that, that was cool um, I will say the whole thing ended on a not rapey tip uh, but the Inside Amy was a movie I think it's Inside Amy or if you check out the Cinefunks thing you'll see but it's one of these like um, uh, cautionary tale movies. It's like dude wants to start swinging with his wife when they get to the swinger thing and he is actually thinking about his wife being with other men. He can't get it up with uh. the women. So even though the whole thing was his idea, she gets into it and he doesn't get into it. So then he goes on like a murderous rampage. So wow. there's no rapiness in the movie, but it's definitely not a sex positive movie because it's like, see what happens when you're a swinger. Your <laughs> husband becomes impotent and then he has to murder everyone, which for me, right. the, the lesson was don't trust any impotent man. <laughs> Do you know an impotent man? You should just murder him in advance. Because he definitely wants to murder your Yeah, ass. without a doubt. So you um, did not see that. Did so, not wait. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite X-Fest because there wasn't as much. I really like Euro crime movies. Mm. Um, I think Bare Knuckles sort of had a little bit of black exploitation y aspect to it, but not enough for me. Uh, I like black exploitation movies. And then um, there wasn't really a good. Uh, like Kung Fu or Samurai. Yeah. You know, one one year for X-Fest, it was one of the... Ninja uh, Busters was... An well, Ninja Busters, sure. Yeah. But also... um, Which I still haven't seen. Yeah. But also Lone Wolf and Cub. One of uh, the Lone Wolf Baby and Cub movies. Yeah, I love Yeah, those. yeah, so, uh, So, yeah, there wasn't as much this year. So, for me, there was no movie 
I mean, I didn't watch Zapped because I've seen Zapped a million times, but there was no movie that I sat through that I thought was the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. But I left during the last movie because there had not been one movie all day that I was like, that was amazing. There was a bunch of like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's fine. Oh, that's pretty cool. So by the end of the day, I was kind of like, it was a great day. I had fun. I was like seeing everybody. Yeah. But there was nothing that I, that popped. There was no thing that I was like, fuck. I'm going to think about this oh for a long gosh. time. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> but there was also no, for me at least. No severe bummer either. Oh my God. Flesh Gordon, fuck you. Gums, <laughs> fuck you. Like there's been always that one movie every year where I'm like, this movie sucks and I hate you for showing it to me. I mean, I love you, but. All right, we need to take our first break. Okay. <laughs> this is a bit long. We haven't even taken a break yet. But After the break. We're making up for lost time. That's what it is, man. So that's what it is. It. We know you missed it. So After the break, we're going to come on back. We're going to talk about three movies. That we have seen recently. Yeah. Well, technically, I've only seen one of them, but Josh is going to talk about the other two. We'll talk about a couple. I'm going to ask him some questions about them. Um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you in a sec. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome back. Uh, so, you know, we, we were wondering what to talk about, and we felt like we both, you know, there's new movies coming out. We have the hookup now to see movies in advance. Yeah. So recently, through a friend of the podcast, Mr. Dan Gross, we were hooked up with uh, the right people, and we have now found ourselves on the media screener list, Yep. which um, if you've paid attention to what we've been doing with film lately, you know that Liam and I have often reviewed movies for other websites and stuff. Yep. And I used to write reviews for Synodelphia. So the way right. it would work is they put out a list of the movies that they're going to do the screening for. And then, you know, the movies would be assigned to various writers, and then we'd go watch the movies and write about them. Yeah. Well, now we've been recognized as our own entity, again, thanks to Dan. Our own entity. As, as our own thing. So now we get our own list. So we have been having, sending some people out here and there to see movies for us sure. and review them. So you'll see more reviews on the website. Yep. But we've also been watching them so we could talk about them. Now, 
Josh lives in Philly, so he's gotten to see more than me. So right. we wanted to do three movies that are uh, out. One of them is already out right now. Is right. It, are the other two out yet? Uh, Conjuring, Conjuring 2 comes out on Friday. Um, what was the other one? We're going to talk about Nice Guys, Neighbors 2, oh, Neighbors and two Conjuring is out. 2. Yeah. Neighbors 2 is out. Nice Guys is out. I wanted to do Nice Guys because I got to see it as well. Right. And... Uh, I don't think it's getting as much hype as it should. I think the movies we're gonna get into it. But well, I let's think, let's I think make that awesome. the third one we talk about. So yeah, like, we can talk we can about the other ones. It. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, what, uh, uh, the thing is, is like some of the movies we're gonna talk about in the show. Some of them are gonna get written reviews. Uh, Josh has gotten to see more than me, and honestly, Josh is actually I think more willing to go out of his way since he's in the city to see some movie, whether he wanted to see it or not. Right. And I'm not gonna drive down the fucking Philadelphia unless it's something that I'm like, like big deal, like Green Room was. Yeah, if Josh, if like. I don't know what's coming up soon that is worth it. But if there was oh. something where he was like, oh, there's a screening of whatever. Do you want to go? I'd be like, fuck yeah. I actually uh, already responded for us oh. for the new screening of the new Nicholas Winding Refn movie. Yes. Uh, Neon Demon. Yes. So uh, the representative from Alex. I don't even know night, when it. When is it? I don't know when either. But he when when I signed yes. in for the movie last night, he was like, oh, Cinepunks. Yeah, I wanted to reach out to you guys because we're doing the new Nicholas Winding Refn movie. And there might be like press for it and all this yes. other stuff. So I was like, yo, me and yo, Liam are I way can, in. If I can meet Nicholas Winding Refn, even if we only talk to him for five fucking minutes. Yo, if we are one degree closer to meeting Ryan Gosling, I'm all for it. Oh, my God. You would say that. That's so funny. So uh, we're not going to start, though, with the the Ryan Gosling movie. We're going to start with the... Uh, uh, let's your theaters, choice. Your choice. Whatever you want. Neighbors. Let's start with Neighbors 2 because it's in theaters right now. Right. Neighbors 2. So did you see the first one? So I saw the first Neighbors, and I found it, um, how do I put this, uh, grading? Okay. It, it's, um, like, it's not that I didn't find it funny. Okay. But I, it took me a few sittings to get through it, because it, I also found it annoying. Okay. What did you find it, annoying about it? Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's I, like I, very collegiate. It's, yeah. it's like if Seth Rogen did a collegiate movie. If This Was the End was yeah. about a frat. Which it kind of is already, but yeah, I, um, I, I let's just put it this way: I didn't hate Neighbors, mm, but I didn't love, love it. it. I didn't love it either. Yeah. I will say Neighbors Two, Sorority Rising, I loved. Tell me about this. I so thought let's so, okay. let's let's start. I want to start with some info for those people because we never do stuff like this, right? So Neighbors Two, directed by Nicholas Stoller, right? Uh, it's written by uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. So this is like so the first movie it's like frat house moves in next to them and they they don't know how to negotiate. They this. have a new baby. They don't so know how to deal with it. So now the sorority moves in and this is a sorority and this, I'm just going from the trailer so you fill me in here. It's a sorority that's like why don't sororities get to party? Yeah, that's bullshit. And then they're gonna party and it's like a f- almost like a weirdly feminist issue that See, they should get to party like the boys. Now that is the thing that is the most remarkable about this movie. Across the boards, when you think of a college movie specifically a college comedy romp, right? Sure. These things tend to be real, like weirdly sexist and like just kind of... Hugely sexist. Definitely, at, at the very least, for men. Yeah, at the very least, like, biased in this, like, weird male gaze and, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first movie where there are gay characters in the movie and the joke isn't that they're gay. I appreciate that. Which is really progressive thinking for a co- college movie. For right? that kind of comedy. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Beyond that, you, you can just, edit that. You, you, totally liter- edit. you literally Dude. Put, your, put your head in front of your mouth, but then moved it just in time to cough into the microphone. <laughs> you don't even know. This is the microphone I use for shows, so Lord knows where this thing has been and been through. But anyway, <laughs> okay. not important. 
But um, yeah. So okay. So they're gay. They're gay jokes in the movie, but the the joke isn't that they're gay. Sure. Right. That's pretty progressive as far as movie making goes, especially in this genre. Yeah. Secondly, there's a very strong element of multiracial feminism in this movie. Really. That is so like again progressive for this kind of movie. Like sure. when you watch Porky's, you're not looking for like some fucking like oh well it's weird uh, weird distribution across the socioeconomic spectrum. Like no, you're not looking at that shit. You're just being like check out these white guys being wacky. Like yeah, looking at boobs. Yeah. Like this. One is like totally not that. It's so much smarter yeah. in terms of the way it approaches these weird topics, right? Yeah. But then there's also like, dude, the biggest like sex stuff in there is with our man Zach Efron taking his shirt off for pretty much most of the movie. Zach Efron has gotten really good at taking his shirt off. It, and it's hilarious, man. It's like super duper funny. The as compared to the first one, the writing is way tighter. The story Uh-oh. goes, um, Seth Rogen and um, what's the name of the girl? Uh, oh, her name is Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, yeah. yeah. So they, you know, they already have their kid. They're trying to move into the suburbs because they're having another kid, and so their house is up for sale. And these people, uh, Abby Jacobson plays one of the people who's trying to uh, buy the house, like the wife and the couple, who is, uh, you know, if you if you've listened to the show, you know we love Broad City. She's fucking hilarious in this movie, but um. So, yeah, so they're trying to sell the house. The house is in escrow, so um, they have a month where they have to prove that the house is a worthy purchase for the buyer. Sure. And the buyer has every right to totally back out. Sure. In this time, a sorority that wants to party, led by uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, is moving into the thir- into the next-door neighbor house. Side note, is it weird seeing Chloe Grace Moretz as like a sex symbol in this movie? She's not a sex symbol in this movie. And that's oh, what, really? That's what's See, like... See, the trailer strangely. has her in like b- the, a bikini a lot or whatever, and it's just weird because I remember her as a kid. Yeah. So it's weird to be like, oh... Well, like, it's oh. funny because like there's an element of like they need to make money, and then like... Sure. They, they don't know what to do, so they throw a party, and they're like, well, why don't we throw a party where we all dress sexy and, like, you know, bring all the frat guys in, and then they do, and then they feel like sellouts, and they kick the party out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's so kind of interesting. It's actually really, again, strangely, so, like, is empowering. It, is it funny? It is hilarious, dude. There oh are some gosh. so there are some callbacks to the first movie that I will not go into, but if you saw the first movie, the airbag stuff is like in the trailers, and then when it happens in the movie, you're still like fucking laughing because that yeah. shit's fucking hilarious. Yeah. There's a callback to that in this movie that is so funny that I was just like, dude, really? Like there's one of the guys from Children's Hospitals in this in this movie, and he's in that scene, sure. and it's fucking funny. It's just the whole movie is like really tightly written there yeah. isn't so much of that like dip that you get in those so yeah. typically like the script for these movies go like you start at a high point you come down and then you come back up and then that's it right yeah in this movie the dip is not that strong it's like not like you don't brought, get brought all the way down to the floor and then brought back up right. like it's pretty funny the whole way through that's pretty cool i thought it was it had it was way funnier than it had any right to be because typically, you know, we, we don't really care about these So this is of one of those rare cases where the sequel surpasses the original. For sure. Oh, Easily. Man. The writing is way better. Not enough Hannibal Buress in the movie, but I mean, like, dude, it's so funny. I, I, I couldn't recommend it more. There is some Hannibal Buress in our other movie, though, so we'll talk oh, about Oh, yeah, that. we'll get into that. We'll get into that more. But, uh, yeah, this movie, I gave it, I, I think it's like, uh, it's not the best comedy that I've ever seen, but sure. I definitely think it's the best forward-thinking comedy I've ever seen. Would you recommend people go check it out? Is this like a actually thumbs up, go check it out? Yeah, thumbs up, go check it out. You'll enjoy it. If you don't Man. enjoy it, you probably don't like fun, which is fine, too. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a good-ass You're time. not required to like you, fun. You don't need you to don't have fun. If you don't like fun, that's cool. Definitely avoid this movie if you're not into things like fun. So, 
you know, that's good. Wow, that's really interesting. I wasn't expecting such a positive review, and now I feel like I want to go see it. I didn't think it was going to be so good either. So one of the people that I one of these people that I find actually like really rubs me the wrong way in a really strong way is Dave Franco. Dude, he is great in this movie. Is he good in the movie? Holy shit, yeah. I don't know why I find him so annoying. Dude, he is so funny in this movie. Oh, man. Okay. You have to, dude, for his performance alone, it's really, really funny. How is my girl Selena Gomez in this movie? Eh, kind of inconsequential. She's kind of like almost a cameo. Kind of bumps me out. Yeah, I don't I like you know. Her. I like her a lot. Do you really? Only because of Spring Breakers. Did you see the Tosh.0 remake of her video? No. He, so she did some video, like some sexy song video, where sure. she's like all rolling around on a couch with this barely on dress. Sure. And uh, Daniel Tosh did a shot for shot recreation of it with him yeah. lip syncing the song. And it's pretty funny. I'm not really a Daniel Tosh fan. Not too many people are. I kind of want him to die in a fire. A lot of people do. But I will say that watching him <laughs> remake a Selena Gomez video where he's wearing the same dress and everything and writhing around on a couch, sure. pretty goddamn funny. Yeah, I mean, I love Spring Breakers. I have an undying love for Spring Breakers. Do you I really? Want, I want her to do... Right, wait, how do you feel about Harmony Korine? Are you like a Harmony Korine dude? So, yes and no. I want to say... You like I, Gummo? I want to say I am a Harmony Korine dude, except for the part where I haven't seen Trash Humpers. Okay. And I haven't seen... um. The other movie he did right before Spring Break. The one about the impersonators, Mr. Lonely? Yeah, never seen it. Uh, that one's actually pretty good. I would like to see all of Harmony Korine's movies. I like... Gummo is wait, like... Wait, the one before Spring Breakers was the weird short that he did with D'Antward. Oh, I definitely didn't see that. Oh, my God. That one's actually... You know what? Now that I say it, am I a Harmony Korine dude? I, I think, think the I, might only, be. I think the only one you don't like is Gummo. Yeah, Gummo's a hard one to watch. Here's the thing. I don't love Gummo, but... I hated it when I first saw it. I've gone back to it since and been like, okay, I kind of see what you're doing. Oh. I kind of get it. It's still not my favorite, but I kind of right. get it at a level I didn't before. And if you can, I feel like Harmony Korine, it's like a, it's a career. You can watch mm-hmm. all of his movies and there's like a connection, at least the ones that I've been able to see. And now that's the only reason I say I'm not a Harmony Korine fan is because I haven't, those are important movies I haven't gotten to see. Like, right. And people I know are like, Trash Humpers is amazing. Yeah. Um, Mr. Lonely is amazing. And Mr. I'm Lonely like, is pretty How amazing. did I not see these movies? I need yeah. to see them. So all that to say, I did see Spring Breakers, and I will go to my grave defending that movie. Like, really? Great, it's a wild movie, man. I love it. I love it. Okay, Fair enough. Uh, let's go to the next John here. The next the, John. The Conjuring 2. James. No, no, that'll be the, the last. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. Because right, I didn't right. see it. Conjuring 2. Yeah, so directed by James Wan. Return performances from all kinds of people. Yeah. Uh, Vera Farmiglia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Um, so uh, what did you think of the first Conjuring? So I actually found the first Conjuring surprisingly good. Yeah. It was, uh, I think I saw it. Did I see it with your wife? You might have. You were unavailable, and I had a screening. Right. And she was like, yo, I want to see it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Because I not? saw it previously without her because she was away, and yeah. then you guys saw it together. Yeah. So um, the first I, Conjuring is really good, right? I liked it. It's, it's, I think my review said that by doing things, it's enough of a mismatch of other things mm-hmm. set at a time period that's already naturally creepy that it works overall. Right. Even though it's a little blumhouse you know, it's a little bit new horror yeah. that there's enough other stuff going on that it made me go, okay, James Wan, I'm ready to see another James Wan movie. Like, it, right. it, it made me interested. I definitely think, so the, the, 
IMDb page says that uh, he turned down a lot of money to do Fast and the Furious 8 to mm-hmm. do this movie, mm-hmm. which if, I don't know if you know, which if you're a long-time listener, you know that I'm a long-time appreciator of the Fast and the Furious canon. Yeah, I know. I, am, uh, I don't have friends. I have family. It's a good time. But um, James Wan chose to do this instead because he likes doing the horror genre. Sure. To which um, this movie definitely has some... He has gone... He has gotten uh, exponentially better at the yeah. art of the pregnant silence. Oh, His okay. uh, creepy factor is really, really good. The translation, however, to a lot of the stuff in the movie, uh, specifically the use of CG, like this kind of stuff, it sure. fails horrifically. Oh, really? It fails on a level where you're like, I don't even know why he did that. So no. um, the Conjuring, the first Conjuring I thought was really good because, again, you have Lily Tomlin in the movie. Yeah. Or Lily Taylor, sorry. Not Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin? <laughs> Wrong Lily. Sorry. Yeah, my Lily bad. Taylor. Lily She's Taylor. amazing. She kills it. And that is why that movie is so good. I, I really think. I think you're right. The direction and, and like the other ancillary characters and everything else is fine. Yeah. In this movie, without Lily Taylor in it, you're you're okay. You're you're kind of at a loss to begin with. Well, does a lot of it rely on uh, Vera? What? How do you say her last name? Fermiglia. Fermi. Yeah, Is there whatever. an L in there? No. I don't know. From it's it's spelled F A R M I G A, but I don't know how. I don't know how to means. say that. But Any, so Vera, Vera. Vera, Vera, and Patrick. Yeah, they're, the movie, they were pretty weak. I didn't think they were the strong points of the first one. Yeah. So the fact that they're our continuation kind of made me a little anxious. It's uh, it's okay if you are willing to overlook the fact that a lot of it is like weirdly like factually incorrect and like all that sure. other stuff. Like they take well, the whole liberties with the based on a true story. This thing. is the other thing: the based on a true story thing is ridiculous, and especially like yeah, for people like our boy Justin Lore who cares about shit like this, like Justin Lore actually has read the books about these people, and he's and like, he's not stoked. He's on like, them. yo, this is the most debunked. Of all the shitty, stupid ghost stories that are fake, this is the most proven to be fake of the shitty ghost stories. Right. So, but I don't go into it worried about that. Like, I'm there for a good time. Yeah, you know what I I mean. I just want to see a scary movie. I get it. Like that. Okay, there's like this weird like disconnect between the actual facts of the of the situation and what they're presenting on the movie. Yeah. Fine. If you can overlook that, you can totally just enjoy the movie. There's a lot of stuff. Like there's certain elements of the CG though where you're like. That's the choice you made Which after after all this time of making actual practical horror happen. You're yeah, gonna go like in with this. I mean, there's some CG in the first conjuring, but not not terrible. even noticeable. Not, really, not awkward. None yeah. of it's like, ooh, what was that? You know? Yeah, this has like an element of, ooh, really? Like that's your choice, huh? <laughs> so, um, that was fine though. I mean, there are a couple scary bits there. I definitely jumped at a couple things, but it definitely, as a horror movie, if yeah. you take it by itself, yeah. it's fine. It's yeah. but that's its problem that it's just fine yeah i mean it's not that the the original conjuring like redefined a genre but it was it was well done it's sort of like it called back to a time when the genre was still unadulterated yeah in a way it, it's it, kind of like when you hear a thrash uh a thrash retro band like a band that's like oh we're doing this uh-huh. if they do it well enough even though it's well trod ground you're like all right good yeah, you municipal waste but then they put out a second record and you might be like, oh, this is some of the same riffs from the first record. That's weird. It's not as great. It's not as good. Nah, it's cool. It's, it's cool. fine. Whatever. <laughs> so I, you know, I was a little worried about that with this. Like, what, what is the magic we're trying to recreate with this? Um, I don't know if they, 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 is there magic being recreated? I don't even know. I mean, like, it's just fine. There really is nothing discerning that I will call. I will think about tomorrow about it, or even today. But uh, it was just fine. It was okay. Man, that's such a... I, I mean, I guess it's not such a bummer. It's a little bit of a bummer because 
um, you know, you get horror movies, basically, you get horror movies in the summer, mm-hmm. summer, summer cash-in, get horror movies around October, yeah, October cash-in, and then the really shitty summer movies are usually like the winter, January, winter, yeah, whatever. like really bad. So winter horror movies I just ignore for the most part, mm. but sometimes there's like a, a, a summer horror movie where you're like, okay, I'm glad you released this in the summer. This is like a good mid-level, fun, whatever. And so I was hoping for this, that this would be a surprise. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's fine. It's just a fine horror movie. I mean, like, it's still creepy. It's, it takes place in 1977 in England, so it's, like, dreary. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, Anything 70s in England is already fucked up. Yeah. Like, as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, no, mm, no. It's just weird, you know, and the clashes in the soundtrack. I like that. I mean, like, it's okay. It's not the worst horror movie I've seen. For sure. But you were not impressed. I was not super stoked on it. I was I had a good time at the time. I ate a lot of popcorn. I laughed and I screamed and it was fine. But oh. will I will I revisit it? Probably not. It's it makes so, me it makes me a little sad, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I can't, you know, for the integrity so, of so we're giving so we're, so we're giving a go see neighbors two. Go see neighbors two. If you felt like watching a horror movie, go watch the conjuring two. Conjuring two isn't gonna piss you off, but it's not if you were like, oh, should I go see this or go see something else? Yeah. You might want to see something else. Right. Especially if that something else is the nice guy. Is the nice guy. Yeah. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. All of the, the press for this movie has Shane Black being like create director of Iron Man 3. Fuck. Which at first I was like, yo, that's the worst Iron Man movie. Is he, is he hyping it because it's Iron Man as Marvel? But then when I watched The Nice Guys, yeah. my thought was, yo, maybe he's in on the joke. Maybe he's totally down with us laughing at yo, his ass. Do you listen to, speaking of other podcasts we enjoy, do you listen to Doug Loves Movies? Sometimes I do. So Doug Benson is the coolest. I'm just going to put that out right. there. I haven't even met him yet. I know I, I, will be, loves I will be meeting him this summer, so I'm excited to meet him. Oh, at the Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want to. I can't. I can't reveal anything. Right. But let's just say there will be an event in Chicago that he'll be at. That you'll be at. If you are at the internet, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just because you know the only thing I do in Chicago. Anyways, point is, is that I'm gonna. Uh, I like his podcast. And yeah. the Most recent episode, Shane Black was on it. Right. And Shane Black talked shit on superhero movies. No way. And they definitely were like, "You directed Iron Man three and he was like, "Man, Iron Man three <laughs> is awful." Here's the thing. I don't. I don't hate Iron Man three. There's parts of Iron Man 3 I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad. I still think Iron Man 2 is the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. The worst? Of the new Marvel movies. Clearly, okay. it's no original Daredevil, which is like actual like, poop. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, yeah, of yeah. the current Marvel movies, Iron Man 2 is one of the worst I've ever seen. Worse than Thor? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways, side. That's, that's all. Nothing to be said about that. But I think the thing with Shane Black, I think... I don't think it was his decision to hype Iron Man 3. I think that was other people because they don't realize people still like Lethal Weapon. People right, still dude, this like This guy wrote Lethal, lethal Weapon. Lethal Fuck. fucking Weapon. And you know what, though? I'm not mad at that. I like Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I still think this shit is fucking genius. It's amazing. It's no, so much fun. Shane Black is a great director and a great writer. And I don't... When people talk shit... And not that many people do. So I don't know why I'm making this straw man of like all the Shane Black haters out there. But but if if you are going to talk shit, just know we're not on the same team. Fuck right, you. right, right. We, like, we're team Shane Black. I like but, Shane um, Black. It, not everything he's done is perfect, but he's a real solid writer, solid director, 
solid filmmaker. And The Nice Guys is a great example of that. Yeah. It's, well, here's the funny thing about the movie. Yeah. I think that narrative-wise, the movie falls apart a lot. Like, there's a lot of parts where you're like, really? That's what's happening? Oh, really? I'm with it. I'm with the, the whole You're thing. with it the whole way. So this is, let, me t- l- let me give you guys a little insight here. We said a while ago, we were making the schedule, and Josh was like, we'll talk about new movies. And I was like, yeah. And at the time, I thought, oh, I'll just go see a bunch of movies. We'll have a bunch of shit to talk about. Right. Well, then I got married. So then, <laughs> then Liam got I, didn't, married. I didn't see any. The Sing Street was the only thing. And then Josh hit me up and was like, these are the movies I was thinking we could talk about. And I was like, well, fuck. I didn't see any of those movies. And then and this was last night. And then I was hanging out with Sue. She was kind of sleepy. And I was like, baby, I was thinking I might go see The Nice Guys just by myself just so I could talk about it with Josh tomorrow. Because a lot of people have been saying, yo, it's The Nice Guys fun. is good. The Nice Guys is good. It's a fun time. It's not like redefining cinema, but no. it's a great watch. And I was like, you know, so I went to go see it, and I'm so fucking glad I did. I mean, first of all, there are, I I was in a movie theater by myself, just me nice. and the fucking movie, nobody. And yet there were multiple times where I clapped, I yelled out loud, <laughs> and I like hit the seat next to me <laughs> as if someone was sitting there to be like, "Yo, you see that shit? Like it was so good." And I I think the narrative. I mean, I will say this as far as you're like, oh whatever. Like I did feel like there were big Lebowski moments right. in that we're gonna go do this thing. Why are you doing doing that? That's stupid. That's not not what you should do. But it worked in the movie because the point was not that these guys were good at being what they are. It's literally the one guy is pretty good at beating people up and has a little bit of insight. The other guy is mostly a failure, but occasionally is like, wait a minute, maybe it's this. And he has like, he figured something out. But you can tell he's like weighed down by his past failures. So he's like having trouble sort of seeding. We're making it sound like it's deeper than mostly just jokes. The movie it's is mostly slapstick mostly and jokes. Mostly slapstick jokes. It's, the movie is basically a buddy cop movie, but no cops. A buddy detective movie. Yeah, but it's it's done in a way, too, that like some of those buddy movies I don't love because the jokes are so cornball. Yeah. And all the cornball jokes in this movie worked for me. Yeah. Like they all... Dude, it ends on a Filipino joke. Come oh, my on. God. Genius. Fucking genius. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This movie, also, all the anachronism in the movie is totally fun. I mean, they really set it in the 70s. Like, yeah. digitally, they put they digitally put the Tower Records in. They digitally put so the whatever. In. It's like, it feels so much like the 70s. Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is amazing He's in this so movie. good in it. This is like the, this is this movie for me and Russell Crowe is like Pulp Fiction for John Travolta. Right. Which, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Like, he he's as far as I'm concerned, he's back. He's better than ever. He's a he's badass in this movie. Awesome. He's a big, fat, goofy-looking <laughs> badass, and yeah, it works dude. so well. It's Ryan so Gosling awesome. plays off of him so well. Ryan Gosling is dude. amazing in this movie. And you know, also, my well-documented love of the Gaz. Dude. But I, I like him in this role because he's not trying to be hot, charming Gosling. Or cool at all. No, he's a fucking idiot loser and it yeah, works so it's well so funny though. the little girl is good most young people in movies are shit yeah i typically dislike pretend or like i don't like cocky children i don't like fucking like plucky kids you know what i mean like yeah. that shit bums me out yeah in this movie she was passable like i was okay she with worked, it she was fine she worked what about well kim basinger in there kim basinger was great yeah uh the young woman from the leftovers who i don't know her name but uh, she was the she was amelia who they're looking for in the oh, movie right right, right she right. was great she was really good um, there was a lot of side character work. Oh, motherfucking! Uh, hold on, I have it right in front of me. Um, sorry, y'all. I, spe- <laughs> I specifically made notes so we wouldn't have this moment. And then, oh, motherfucking Keith David in this movie. 
unbelievable. Keith like, David. Which Keith one David. He? The uh, the two guys that were doing all the roughing up. He's oh, the right, 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 right. Keith right. David from Day Live. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he was awesome in that movie. Yeah. The, dude, the fighting action sequences yeah. in the movie were very fun. Bo Knapp literally built his blue face yeah. in the movie. <laughs> so fucking good. So good. So, oh, yeah. Amelia is played by Margaret Qualley, who you would know. If you watch The Leftovers, you would recognize her from The Leftovers. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's snappy. It's not very deep. Like, if you're trying to think... For your movie going experience, no, this definitely is not, not the movie, the movie to watch. But this, it's. Do you I, think that this movie has the potential for Lebowski levels of canonization? I would hope so. I just don't know. I don't. I don't know if it has the quirky factor. It's very straightforward. Right. There are lots of weird moments, but Lebowski, the Coen Brothers inject this level of quirky without pretension like they don't try to be quirky they it's just, just naturally weird it just happens yeah and sometimes if, sometimes maybe it doesn't work for some people but mm-hmm. lebowski hit something this movie it should have a little bit of a cult status maybe uh-huh. not quite i mean lebowski is like you get tat- you got tattoos drinking white russians yeah, and yeah, all yeah. this stuff it's not at that level but good enough that if it plays again in a few years people should show up and see it right yeah but yeah. i don't know if it'll catch on like that like movies it's hard for me to imagine modern shit getting that kind of following. I right. know it happens sometimes, yeah. but it's like... You're not going to get another Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, or, or if you do, it's going to take time. I guess that's how come we can't see it right now because it has to be mm-hmm. in, in the ether for a while before it marinates and it comes back and becomes a thing. Yeah, so, so it was kind of like the other day I was listening to the Leonard Malton podcast and he was saying how, you know, you can call something a modern classic in the sense of it's 20 years old, which is not quite old enough to be a classic, but you think of it that way anyway. Big Trouble in Little China. But you can't say that something is going to be a classic. You when don't you fucking know that. Yeah, you, you have don't to know. have that it's time. Great, you can say something's great. You can fucking jerk off and say it's a movie that's like the best thing you've ever seen in your life, but you can't say it's a classic because it just came out. Right. That's how I feel about The Nice Guys. Do I think it's good enough that I'm going to rewatch it. Like I want to definitely going to rewatch Blu-ray it. And yeah. I, wanna, I mean, I literally, one of the reasons I was okay with seeing it by myself is I thought, well, if it's crappy, then Suze doesn't need to see it. And if it's good, I'll see it again. And it's good enough that I want to go see it with Suze. Like as yeah. soon as we can go see it. Yeah, and there's yeah, other yeah, movies yeah. that we want to see, but I was like, but yo, the nice guys was good. Super duper fun. And that's the other thing. It's a fun fucking movie. It's yeah. a fun adult movie. Like yeah. it's not like, so, uh, you know, we're always at this time of the year inundated with a lot of the children movies that we're happy to watch. Yep. Secret Life of Pets is coming out. Um, yeah. What is the other movie? Like Keanu, also a fun movie, but like, you know. That's not for kids, though. But Not yeah, for yeah, kids, yeah. but you could see like the juvenile aspect of it. Yeah, this yeah, movie yeah. is like, it's it is R. It is way more adult than a movie like Keanu to me. Yeah. Keanu's just fluff. It's fun. It's fun. I loved it. Yeah. But it's like... Uh, uh, nice guys manages to be fun, but have just enough grit to it, like just enough like chunk there yeah. that you don't feel like you're just watching like a funny goofball, a funny goofball movie where yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know these guys are mugging in front of the camera and stuff. Yeah. So, but overall, I think that that movie was really well done. I thought that um, the again the storyline had a couple weird wonky plots in there, like the whole Detroit what parts, thing. What parts did you think were the weird? whole Detroit thing using porn to exploit the Detroit car industry thing was a little like? Oh, I thought that was great. You, when I saw it, I was like, "Really? That's the way you're. That's the route you're going to take." And then, well, because here's the thing: what what two things are more seventies than porn, porn and cars and the car industry fucking ripping us off and getting away with it? Yeah, yeah I mean that was. I mean, literally, it felt like Shane Black took two things that are like the seven, or not just two, took two things that are very seventies, then added in private eyes very 70s very 70s yeah <laughs> Filipino joke at the end seventies yeah. uh, gov- government corruption. 
Um, and well, maybe and this whole thing is really just an amalgamation of all these weird '70s tropes into something new. That's like, all it is to me. Even like the the protest, and he's making fun of the protesters. <laughs> that the part pro- was great. The, the protesters didn't really know what was going on. Like, yeah. like oh, the birds and the the smog, because <laughs> they're not wrong. Like, this is what Shane Black did with this. It's funny because a friend of mine, Phil uh, Nobile, said this is the least woke movie this year. Like, people are going to be upset right. by this movie, and I and I get it because. Because it's got a lot of misogynist stuff going on in it, but mm-hmm. it's it's depicting that time. It's not endorsing anything. Right. It makes fun of the protesters, but I think it's accurate. Like people didn't understand; they knew the air was bad for you, right? And they knew that somebody was getting sick from it, both human and animal, and so they were protesting that. And what Shane Black manages to do is show you that the hippies were stupid and that they didn't really understand what was going on, right. and that they weren't effective. The car companies got away with it. How many? <laughs> How many people who, who during the 70s ruined our planet? Because a lot of the worst shit that happened to the environment started in the 70s. Yeah, the baby boomer. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that shit did anyone actually go to jail for? Nobody did. Yeah. Nobody got in trouble. And they destroyed the planet. Yeah. And we're still dealing with the shit that they did. I mean, all they did in the 80s was make it easier to cover up. In the 90s, they like scaled back a little bit. By the 2000s, Bush had taken it all away. So we basically spent the last decade fucking it all up again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, it's just... I think what Shane Black managed to do in the movie, Show it's the not roots. a message movie at all, but it's a movie where he goes, where if you spend a little bit of time on Google, you'd find out, oh, that actually happened. Yeah. Not the part where the head of the Justice Department tried to kill her daughter because of a porno. <laughs> That's clearly the funny part. But the part where no one who in charge of the catalytic converter controversy actually got in trouble. Right. Yeah, that's real. That really happened. Yeah. That's yeah. a real thing. Okay, all right. So I like, that he, I like that he injected that. The porn thing, though, was so stupid. So but it was great. that that's And it is so true that someone would think, like, you put it in a porn. Like, I think you're supposed to think, man, these people are idiots. Like, that's not going to work at all. But the fact that they win. The good guys win. Yeah. But they don't. It, this Nobody is, gets this in is trouble, so though. 70s. They win in the short term. But in the end, it doesn't. And if you think the ending is so depressing. Russell Crowe is not trying to drink the whole movie. He and ends he the ends movie drinking. drinking. It's a dark <laughs> movie. It's a dark, fucked up. Which, <laughs> think about Shane Black movies. Lethal Weapon it's is a not dark an fucking movie. Film. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. All the characters yeah. are jacked. Yeah, no. I think that's what was going on a little bit in Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, he was trying to be dark. He got as dark as they would let him. It doesn't uh, work. Yeah. It's not great, but they should have probably never had Shane Black direct a superhero movie in the first place. Agreed. So Agreed. there it is. But Johnny Favs, you're my man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Johnny Favs, you're my man. <laughs> Fuck you, Josh. Oh my God. It's true, damn it. It's true. Watch, watch the movie that he did instead. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think we give two, two huge. Huge emphatic thumbs, emphatic up, thumbs endorsement, up. whatever yeah. you want to say. Two, For sure. two skull tattoos. That's it. Two, two howling two, black cats. Two, yeah. two spider webs on the elbow. Two, uh, <laughs> two, two big lapeled shirts. <laughs> two, uh, the nice guys. Definitely go out and see that. It's worth seeing in the theater. I, t- I think too. I'm literally and gonna see it again. Yeah, like, I it's just super. It, it was not fun. even sufficient seeing it once. Like I just. I thought it killed. So awesome. Um, yeah, I, that was great. So, are we? Do you want to take a break and come back, or do you want to end up? What we do you want to do? Wrap it right now. 
All right, we're only at an hour 45, so it's even shorter than I thought. It's totally so. good. Hey, so uh, before we go, again, big thanks to everyone for checking out the show. Thank you to everyone who's been patient for this yeah. new episode. We've only gotten a little bit harassed, so that's good. <laughs> I um, want to give a huge shout-out to my man Chris X, Mr. Chris Striegel, yes. for uh, hooking up my band Only Glory on the uh, No Escape show coming up. Talk at about Ortlieds. that show. We, 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 we haven't been doing hype stuff, but we can hype some stuff. That's coming up. Talk yeah, about that. coming up uh, on July 3rd at Ortlieb's is yep. the reunion of No Escape. Yep. With um us, Only Glory, it's our first show or it'll be our second show. Um it'll be with um Edgewise, Vince Spina, friend of the podcast, friend of a uh, friend of myself and Liam, awesome dude, love that guy. Um he'll be recording Only Glory before that show, so we'll hopefully have our songs up on Bandcamp before you go see us so that way you can learn all the songs and sing along. But um now members of No Escape went on, went on to be in what band? In 108 and Resurrection. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, Wait, another band too, right? No uh, wrong about that? Oh, Turning Point. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I feel like there was somebody else too, but I, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But uh, yeah, so that show's going to be really fun. Um, so what is that? That's at, say the details of that again. I that is on it. July 3rd at Ortlieb's. July 3rd and, uh, Ortlieb's should, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, also playing that show is Miracle Drug, which is Bricks from CR, his new band. And uh, if you like CR, expect more of the same chaotic, crazy hardcore. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, should be good. Again, it's our first show. Bruce Park is singing for us. It is his first band ever. So he is really excited. And um, Mr. Rick Domraki is playing guitar with me. BK, the broiler, uh, the vegan broiler, is uh, going to be playing bass with us. He is uh, from Go for the Throat and uh, Cur- The Curse and Ubisunt, if you're from the area. Side note, you know who you were forgetting? What? In No Escape is Tim Singer. Oh, shit. From Kiss It Goodbye. No shit. Yep. Huh. Well, yeah, that guy, too. Yeah. I knew I was like... This will be my second show playing with Tim Singer, then, because Halo played with Rorschach. Oh, sick. And and he did the Black Flag cover with them. Yeah. But, yeah, so it should be... Oh, and Warren from The Boils is playing drums with us. The whole reason that Only Glory exists is because Warren's moved to Virginia, and uh, we were in Halo Snakes together, and we want to do one more band before we left. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So this will be... This this is Only Glory. That's what's happening. Any shows for your other bands coming up? Um, I'm playing a solo show in Allentown on July 21st, I believe, with Jackie Thousands and the Summer Scouts. Sure. Summer Scouts just put out their full-length record called... um, it's called uh, Furthest Reach, and it's really, really good. It's on Spotify. You should check it out. It's, uh, I guess he'd be my cousin-in-law, my friend Ross. He is uh, one of the songwriters and his uh, uh, fiance, and they're really good. They're super poppy, you know, emo punk band, I guess, if you want to call it that. But they're wonderful. They're good, good people. Um, so I'm playing solo with them. Um, my other band with Mr. Steve Roach and Dave Adoff and Bo Brendley and Andrew Welbrock, the Crossed Keys, we're going to be uh, recording very soon. So look for that. Big up. Oh, big up to them and big up to uh, Andrew, who uh, posted the other day that he saw my band play back in the day. Yeah. And he said I had, had scary vocals. That it, made me very happy. It's pretty awesome. He said he was afraid of you because of your vocals. I know. I was like, so I was tough. like, dude, dude, I'm so touched by that. Also coming soon is the demo from my other band, Solarized, with uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex yeah, yeah, Smith, yeah. Um, Joe Goff, myself, and Jeff Zicka. Uh, as far as I know, most of the stuff is done. We're just getting ready to put it all together, and then that'll be out on a Bandcamp page coming to you soon. Yeah. Let me uh, let me hype up some upcoming events. Uh, June 10th, Exum Films is doing Trailer Trauma. Yeah. Uh, I think that's at iHouse. 
Uh, but it's Friday, June 10th. Check it out on the internet, 8 o'clock. Um, uh, June 11th, I'm hoping to go see ASAP Rock. So if you're around in the area and you're going to be there, say what up. Uh, June 12th, uh, Strength for a Reason is playing, which I don't care that much about. But they're playing with our good friend John Wren's band, Bottom Feeder. Bottom Feeder. And uh, Brick by Brick is the headliner for that, right? No, different show. Oh, different the show. The Strength sorry, for a Reason sorry. show is the on the 12th. I think the Brick by Brick show is in Philly. I don't know when that is. Here, I'm, 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 I'm going through. June 13th, Radioactivity at Philomoca. Oh, man, so hyped on that. I can't wait. Yep. Um, sorry, I'm like... Sick of it all is coming up. Oh, June 23rd, Nails is playing in Philly. I think that's at Underground Arts uh, with Full of Hell, God's Hate, Eternal Sleep, Mouse at the Palace. I would definitely check that out. Uh, June 24th at the Mahoning Drive-In, New World Weekend. Oh. Uh, it's all New World pictures, things like Rock and Roll High School and some other stuff. Go to the Mahoning Drive-In um, Facebook page or their website to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's up near me. If you're going to go, let me know. Um, and I could definitely hook people up with T-shirts there if you want. Sick. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm a little distracted because I'm just trying to like see. Oh, June 25th is the John Bunch Memorial Show. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go to that or not. It's also the same night as Paul Simon, which I will be at at the Man Music Center. So if you're there, say what up. Oh, it's also the same night as Freedom uh, with Life of Riley and Locke. I might go to that. Mm-hmm. Or I might actually go just to be an asshole. I was thinking about going up to that Zayo show in New York <laughs> just because our boys in Jesus Peace. I have to say, I have to apologize to the folks in Jesus Peace. They played last night. Today we're recording on Thursday. Thursday, June 2nd. Yeah. Yesterday was Wednesday, June 1st. Jesus Police played their record release show uh, in Philly. I did not go. I went to see the nice guys. I just stayed at home. I knew I was coming down here to record. Right, 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 right. I got to say, if you get a chance, check out their summer promo. Yeah, what's um, up, Aaron? Here's, here's the thing about Jesus Peace I'm going to put out there. I know four of the five guys. I know Aaron. Uh, I feel like I know Aaron and Lewis pretty well. I work with Lewis. I know Aaron. Mm. Dave, I know a little bit from talking to him, whatever. Uh, Anthony, I kind of know from shows and stuff. I don't know that well. Then there's the other guy. And here's the thing with me in a band. If your band has five dudes in your band, mm-hmm. I only know four of the dudes. <laughs> Almost always. It's like a universal truth. Really? If om- with You know everyone in the cross keys. There's five of us in there. Name all five dudes in the cross keys. Dave Adolph, Andrew Welbrock, uh, Bo Brendley, and Steve Roach. I don't know Bo. You don't know Bo. It is almost a universal truth. I've, I thought about this a while last night because this occurred to me because I was like, I'm going to hype Jesus Peace on the show tomorrow. And then I was like, oh, who's that other guy in Jesus Peace? <laughs> and like every band I've been friends with, I mean, unless I'm like super friends, like me without you, for a while I knew all the guys. Right. I think right now there's like two dudes I don't know in that band. But but it used to be I knew all the guys. Wow. But most bands, if there's five dudes, it's always my four friends and the other guy. That's funny. And that's no disrespect to your boy Bo here. Or the other guy in Jesus Peace. Other guy in Jesus Peace. I just don't, I never, for some reason this always happens. I just don't <laughs> know really all the dudes. It's really weird. I'm trying to think. I think I know all the dudes. Maybe I knew all the dudes in Agitator. Okay. Maybe. That drummer's a but monster. That, that's only like four dudes, right? I don't think they had a second guitar I don't think player. they had a second guitar player. Uh, even Rain Supreme. There's one guy in Reign Supreme. I never. I don't know that fucking dude. Wow. I, I like. I know of him, but I don't know him. Right. It's, again and again, if there's a band, we're fr- and I'm friends with a band. Uh-huh. I'm never friends with more than four dudes in the That's band. That's really or, funny. Or ladies, for that matter. I don't want to be right, sexist. Right. 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 But I'm, I'm never friends. No with gender bias there. It's never the whole band. It's never happened in my life. Uh, oh yeah. So the Sick of It All show uh, with Street Dogs and King Chi and Manipulate is on July 7th. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. That's a Union transfer. 
Um, Gonna mosh it up. Yeah, I guess we can stop there without going too far into the future. Uh, oh yeah, because and, we will record again. But I do, I do wanted to say, I think there's still tickets available for that John Carpenter show. I can't go, but I'm willing to hype it for them because Exhumed are good friends, and I want that to do well. Yes. Um, and then the one thing I wanted to say here it is. I, I've been trying to get to this. July 16th. As you guys know, I've been working with Chris Reject over right. at uh, Lehigh LVAC. Valley. Yeah, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They do all our shirts. They're great dudes, uh, uh, mostly dudes and one lady. But Chris is doing an anniversary show for his label. Square of Opposition Records? And for Double Decker, the record store. They're doing a fest July 16th and 17th. Um, a lot of the band pl- bands playing are bands I don't know that well, but uh, Snowing, Piss Jeans, Iron Sheik, Mischief Brew, Digger, Slingshot Dakota, Literature, 1994, Ultramantis Black, The Beds, Glitter, Crybaby, Soul Glow, and on and on. And on. Soul Glow. So go check, go check that out if any of those sound like things that you're into. Um, I just want to support it because I'm friends with Chris. Awesome. So I just think he he deserves all the best things. So. And Soul Glow is awesome. You should check them out. Check out check yeah. out uh, Jank too, the new Jank record. Yeah, I just love Ruben. Ruben's so good. good. All right, so we're gonna wrap up. Uh, uh, Thanks wa- for listening. My wife is here with some insulin, so we gotta go. But uh, <laughs> uh, we love you. Thank you for checking it out. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and even for our numbers, if you can download the episode, we get bigger numbers with downloads so even if you listen to it streaming download it first and erase it and then listen to it over streaming right but download 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 we love you we love you talk to you later smoke bomb